Sanity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hi. Well, he's really doing it. That crazy bastard is really doing it. I had seen reports yesterday. Uh, Of course, we haven't talked about it at all, at least live yet. But Monday, federal judge strikes down the mask man, federal mask mandates uh, uh, for planes and other transit systems. It was originally reported early yesterday that Biden was just thrown in the towel. Okay, whatever. Move on, which but he's doing it. Well, the correct political move was never to do this in the first place. Second best political move was to allow it to expire a few weeks ago when it was supposed to. Third best would be to take the loss in court, which is embarrassing, but still move on. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's going to take the worst possible option, which is fight for what nobody wants, which is more mask mandates on places. Now they're saying they're not really requesting a, a stay, so they might not try to they might let it expire and not try to f- force the masks on you on planes anymore. What they're worried about is the precedent that this case set that the CDC can't just do whatever the hell it wants outside oh, of no. its statutory authority. So they got to go yeah. fight that. But uh, this is <laughs> imagine being imagine being a, a true progressive who voted for Biden for student debt cancellation or, quote unquote, universal health care only to get fighting in court to try to mask up three year olds on planes. Well, they probably want that. Well, it's I, that is if that's your big win. Uh, congratulations. That's that's what you got out of this presidency. Just absolute. <sighs> political incompetence i I can't i I get why they're fighting this battle because they want the cdc to have dictatorial powers and they can just use whatever health premise to cram down whatever they want on you that's they did it it's the exact same thing they did with the eviction moratorium they just want the power to do that shit in pretty much any area of life that they want to impose their will on you and that's what they're fighting for so should clearly make society better (laughs) well uh they yeah, if only the if only Rochelle Walensky could dictate every little detail of your life, things would be so much more prosperous. But uh, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, and then uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention at the top of the show—it's sort of obscure—and there might be a lot of people who don't even know what we're talking about. But there's been this report on Twitter that Coach Red Pill, who has dude, everyone knows what you're talking about. Okay, well, not not necessarily. But do you want to explain for people who've never heard the name, which there are some? I mean, he's a a lot of people know him. A lot of people don't. Yeah. I'll take a moment to gloat also that I totally predicted this, but I still hope he's okay. Um, Coach Red Pill, who has been spewing a lot of truth, but while in Ukraine. So totally moronic. I like I, I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. Like every stream I, I saw of his, I was like, wow, he's really speaking truth to power, but he's totally going to get murdered. Anyway, so he went missing like four or five days ago, and 
I don't know, I, I got some sort of UN intelligence information report, although that might be bullshit. It's totally unconfirmed. It's, it's the source is Scott Ritter, former UN intelligence officer. How the but, fuck would he know? He said and, he got murdered and tortured by Azov, Azov Battalion. But I, I don't know what to make of this because people are saying that they're Nazis, which they're not if they're killing an anti-Semitic guy. <laughs> well, wasn't it that he's pro-Russian, though? That's really the... Yeah, but is that really enough? I don't know. I like, don't know. I don't know the politics of the In my heart of, of hearts, I still believe he's alive. Some people are saying it's just a publicity stunt, so... That would be awesome. It's possible that he is captive and alive and being tortured. It's possible that he was killed, according to this report. It's also possible this is an elaborate publicity stunt. So don't take any of this uh, as as uh, confirmed truth, but, but yeah, YouTuber... Uh, Coach Red Pill is missing from what Kharkiv or what what city was it? I forget, but it's a, a city in yeah. Ukraine. Yeah, he was in Kharkiv. He was in Kiev for a while too. Hmm. Let me know live chat. What do you think? Anyway, because I, I'm not really sure. And I mean, towards Marks in the publicity stunt, he was saying a lot like, "If I'm gone for 12 hours, assume that I'm captured, presumed dead, and stuff." There was a Daily Beast hit piece about him a few weeks ago too, or I think it was Daily Beast. But it some, was, yeah, it was a month ago. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I truly hope that this is an elaborate ploy for views, but also he might be getting his fingernails ripped off if he's not already dead. Hmm. So, you know, I say I admire the hit piece, but if the hit piece gets you killed by Ukrainian militia, that's 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 pretty rough if that's what actually happened. I, he did actually tweet, um, a f- I think a few weeks ago, saying that the, the authors of the hit piece were if something happens to him, they were complicit in his fate. Yeah. So I don't know if there was a I don't know a lot of things. It's just there are a lot of rumors circulating on Twitter over the last few days that are. um, uh, Well, I mean, if they're true, it's very unfortunate news, but we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. But what he was doing was so stupid. Well, he was there for personal reasons, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure his wife's Ukrainian, but like I was watching his streams and I was just like, you know, I, I appreciate what you're saying and what you're doing. But also, this is mind-bogglingly retarded. Hmm. Like you, you have kids. What are you? What are you fucking doing? Hmm. I wonder if he grossly underestimated the severity of the situation. I yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. If people have more definitive information, or if you see it in the coming days, please do send no it my way. No one does. I'd, I'm, I'd like. To, I'm well, plugged into this situation. There's no information. I suppose trying to get uh, trying to get confirmed information out of that region of the world at the moment is exceptionally difficult, and mm-hmm. and so. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, I, I'm informed the Odyssey stream is back online. So that's good. I did resolve that issue from Sunday. Um, I know that the Odyssey stream buffers a little bit. This will be the last little announcement here. But uh, the Odyssey stream does buffer a little bit. I know that's annoying. I have been in communication with the Odyssey team on those tech problems. And there may be um, a way to resolve that coming soon. So if you're an Odyssey live viewer, stand by. They're working on... Uh, some of the tech issues and thanks for your patience. Anyway, you guys know how the call in show works. If you are new to the show, uh, there are instructions for how to participate in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. If you'd like to participate, but you can't do it live, or you're having trouble getting in live, send us an email question. It's on the contact page of the website, Matt slash contact. Look for the call in show question form. We'll take your super chats every half hour as well. But since I've jabbered a whole bunch, uh, it's time to get to the call. So let's do that. Joshy boy is up first. Joshy, are you there? 
Hey, uh, sorry. I was talking to Dangerous Spaces. How y'all doing? Well, our apology, because we were just you know talking about a bunch of stuff ourselves. So thanks for your patience. Uh, I don't know who Coach Real Pill is. Sorry. Uh, I'm not really on Twitter as much. That's that's what I heard. So he's um sound- he's been involved in like the uh like anti-feminist men's coaching sort of MGTOW arena. Although I don't think he's MGTOW. I don't want to assign labels to him that he wouldn't yeah. assign himself, but that's sort of those sorts of themes. Okay. If I sound tired, forgive me. I had a long day, mm. but um, I wanted to give at least two topics and I'll let you two pick. Either we can talk about the culture wars, which I was surprised by blonde's response to that or uh, my reason switched from being conservative to more of a monarchist kind of guy. Huh. Monarchist. Wow. That's what yeah. I like to hear. Uh, I mean, I also, I want to talk about the culture wars thing, but if Skag, but Skag seems interested in the monarchy. No, that's fine. I'll, I'll uh, I'll take uh, the culture war. All right. So I was surprised by Blonde's response to the culture war, because I do find that just as important as the political wars that we're in. What did I say? Um, if you look- well, oh, you said you said on a, on the lines of since the left has control of our culture from our TV shows to our books to our games and all the other stuff, it's best to fight them on that ground too because that's where we're losing the average person. Mm-hmm. So somewhere on the lines of that, I mean, I can't really repeat it verbatim. It was a while ago. It's mm, really I, smart. <laughs> but it was something I really agreed with. I mean, we can fight the political battles all day long, but if you talk to the average Joe, especially if they want to escape the world, it's really the culture that you want to target first, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with all the normies. Uh, one of the ways that I try to do it is through creative writing, as I expressed before, just mm-hmm. simply writing good stories. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it's really about, so as long as it's good enough. But I think one of our focuses should be, you know, trying to take last man standing, right? Yeah, I made fun of Democrats and stuff, or take Roseanne, how kind of polarized that was. I, I really liked that show. So when it came back, I was really excited until they got mad at her for making a bad joke, and then it became the Connors. It wasn't as funny, but I still kind of liked it. Is that how long but, did that show last without Roseanne after they kicked her off for the? It was the uh, Valerie Jarrett Planet of the Apes joke. Yeah, that yeah, got her boo. I mean, I, I saw the picture, and it was kind of accurate. But <laughs> There, there, it, there was a little resemblance. I, I, there are a lot of ape-like white people, too. That's true. That's true. I mean, they get but, mad at that, but, you know, they call Trump an orangutan all the time. So Yeah. He, it, yeah, he is point. monkey-like, yeah. Uh, how long did the show go without Roseanne? I, I never watched it, so I don't know. And accordingly, I stopped watching it a long time ago because I kind of lost interest, but they kind of shoehorned in her death because yeah. she got kicked off the show. I don't know how long it, it lasted a bit. I don't see. think it lasted very long. I'll give it a Google. Keep going on your uh, yeah. on your main point, though. I don't mean to divert you. I'm just curious. Uh, you're good, but I kind of harped on it before. It's if still If we take um, – I, I use the example of movies a lot, but that's where most people watch it. I think yeah. that – I've heard Dune was a good movie because it made people feel like adults. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a critical drinker, a YouTuber, but he talks about movies a lot. Mm-hmm. 
if you're ever interested in what he thinks about movies and everything, how he writes, because he writes books, but he also critiques movies, I would check out his channel. Mm -hmm. He basically puts it like this, why modern movies suck, because they're written by children. Because if you think about how movies were written back then, characters went through an arc. Yeah. They yes, they had their differences, they had their fights, but they overcame that. Many of them came, overcame it like adults. He and he used Star Trek, for example. Mm-hmm. He used the old Star Trek about how forgive me, I'm not really a Star Trek kind of dude, so I don't know, but Spock and I think his name was Kirk. Um, they was having a disagreement on the Klingons, if I pronounce that one correctly. <laughs> and you're speaking my language right now, yeah. Yeah, carry on. I was talking about a, a particular scene where the two of them were having a disagreement on the Klingon, where Kirk didn't trust the Klingons and would prefer that they died, right? But Spock was trying to argue against that and said, well, they need our help. We're, we're supposed to be that beacon of light. But they handled it in a, in a mature adult way. They had their disagreements, yeah. but they came to an agreement at the end, you know, as people do. Versus the new Star Trek, because he was showing it scene by scene, they sound like a bunch of screaming children beating each other up because he said something mean or something like mm. that. Mm. Um, okay. That's And one of the things that uh, I believe is the fact that the left wants to take something that's, that was popular back then and either destroy it or turn it into something completely different and they target the average Joe who doesn't have a whole lot of knowledge. Think about what they did with Star Wars, something that I really liked. Yeah. Do you yeah. really think they could have pulled off the same BS with hardcore Star Wars fans? I'm not hardcore, but do you really think they can pull the same thing off with Star Wars fans who know the world inside out? No, everybody hates the Picard series. Hates it. Yeah. And they know that, but they don't care. Um, it's either about the message or it's about shifting that narrative, turning it into something else for the average Joe to consume because the average Joe doesn't really care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So All that's right. why we get a lot of crappy stuff. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that. It was certainly in in the you know in the other context you're you're interested in. I know video games, it's no exception yeah. there either. I mean my God has that gone downhill in the last decade or so. But um yeah. but it, real quick final thought from you before we let you go if you'd like. And the whole thing of the um, video games thing is why a lot of them just aren't good. Games just stopped being fun. It's more political. Yeah. And you, if you've seen uh, Elden Ring has been getting a lot of flack because it's a good game, right? I haven't played it myself, but everybody's some do wanted to write about the pandemic and somehow threw Elden Ring in there. <laughs> and one of the quotes that I heard was the fact that Elden Ring is about a game that has something has a story that has something to do with about a ring, and most people just roasted the guy on that one. Huh. Wow. How long until we get mask DLC in all the video games? I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. Maybe it has. I don't know. I'm, well, I'm out of, I'm out of the loop. Can, well, I've seen on Call of Duty, if they can sell you a, a red dot for like 50 cents, I'm, I, I know. Put that I saw Do the really ads for that? Oh, yeah. They just they really. You yeah. would not believe it. Cosmetic things. I saw it. I saw the ad for the Snoop Dogg pack in Call of Duty where, you know, you can play as Snoop Dogg and yeah. uh, and all this. Non- they, that, they just, that's the new video game model is they, you get the game, but then there are all these ticky tack cosmetic items like I want to play as this character or I want to have this color of gun or this, uh, you know, this yeah. this 
reticle on my optic like he's talking about and they just that is they, so lame they cash in on uh-huh. these little like 50 cent transaction five dollar transactions and they and yeah they're just they're rolling in the money I, for imagine that. paying for a virtual gun that's blue for for i kid you not 120 dollars. imagine paying that oh yeah yeah i'm sure it gets crazy i know i'm not um i'm not into counter-strike but i know the market in counter-strike got crazy for a while and it probably still is i just don't i'm not plugged into it but yeah. um but all right thank you man i uh, appreciate it no problem. Until next time. See ya. Let's see. Nicholas is up next. Nicholas, are you there? Oh, hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. We are well. What's on your mind? Hey, Matt. What do you got uh, for us? So, well, actually, I called a couple of weeks ago talking about the Rules for Radicals book. And oh, I was yeah. trying to uh, really prop up Blonde's fascism and, and rag on libertarianism a bit, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I think Very I remember. good. Yeah, and um, you you asked me a question in that, which was how do I identify the enemy? And oh yeah, it flummoxed me. It was a good question, and it also made me realize I wasn't formulating my argument properly. So I wanted to come back and try to answer that question for yeah, you. Yeah, so so if I can just summarize for the audience really quickly, the whole concept was what you're talking about was That's sort it. of preempting the bad tactics or. When you think of all the leftist tactics, should they be used as a preemptive weapon against the enemy, basically? Right. Or and, should and, we just be copying the, what they're doing and, and you, fighting and as dirty as them? You tell me if you think this is a fair representation of what you'd said. It was um, something like these people would do this to you if they could or they will in the future. So you should stop them uh, before they can. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it was it was something like that. It was like if you don't if you don't stop them, they're going to enslave you and you're not right. going to have any libertarian utopia after all. Right. Yes. So my, and then my question was how do we identify cuz I agree that for people who set for people who use the swords, I don't have a lot of sympathy when they fall on the sword. My only question for you as you identified was um how do you, if you're going to use it preemptively, how do you identify who those people are. So you're not actually abusing people yourself. All right. Okay. And so that's where another big theme of the book comes to play. And Mm -hmm. one of the themes is the real action is in the enemy's reaction. And he calls it something like mass judo or something like that, Mm -hmm. where he organizes and brings together big groups of people, something that the right absolutely sucks at. And he causes them to make a, Make a crowd, as Maxine Waters would say, and get up in people's faces. Now, he doesn't say ever go any further than that, but what naturally comes out of that is somebody gets hit in the face with a baton or some, I don't know, somebody gets thwacked by a cop or something like that. And what you'll see formulate out of that is um, an angered crowd and things start to escalate. And if things escalate and are covered properly or if enough people see an abuse of power, then from there, what you'll be able to do is get a bigger organization and you'll start to, you'll start to grow the people. And we've had a couple of incidents like this on the right. The media usually covers them terribly. We've had uh, Loudoun County. We've had um, Mm -hmm. January 6th was a good example where we had tons of people show up and most were great good people we had um you know a couple people walk in invited into the white house or the i can't believe you're building. saying there were fine people on both sides <laughs> well there were fine people I was, dare you. I was down there there were very yeah. fine people on both sides yeah um 
and and out of that we we get more attraction or we become more attractive to more people and we grow our numbers and um, we're able to get a bigger organization through that and so we should be actively organizing and protesting more events and we had i mean we had a really good it is terrible to say but we had a good martyr in ashley babbitt that should have been somewhat Mm. of a revolution and we pissed it all away because we let the media coverage it was so dishonest yeah um assert that we killed a bunch of cops and all that shit well but, so much on our side too like everybody covering the ashley babbitt story was like i don't agree with what the january 6 rioters did however ashley babbitt it's like why why do we have to preface it why can't anybody be like wow i can't believe that we didn't do more than this right exactly yeah it it was such a wasted opportunity and we let we let leftist media just steamroll us and i think a lot of people have grown callous to that now and I think a lot of the nation has grown callous to that, seeing how uh, things have turned out with that story and how how much bullshit was spewed at people. Now, there's going to be a lot of normies who haven't, but but the numbers are starting to grow in terms of people who generally are just trusting the system that is being used by the Democrats to bludgeon the right constantly. Yeah. And I yeah. I can agree with that premise. I, th- I think that, um, I mean, certainly in Loudoun County, I think that that was actually uh, hugely successful. And I know they tried their best with framing parents as terrorists and all this, but, mm-hmm. but I think that they were pretty effective in, in swaying public opinion. You saw, uh, th- that it's, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the single deciding factor in swinging that governor's election for Glenn Youngkin was all yep. that, uh, school board oh, yeah. activism. So yep. yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with, with any of that stuff. I just, I guess, you know, we're probably short on time for this call, but I suppose to continue this conversation, we'd have to identify what exactly what sort of actions you're talking about, too, because, you know, my perspective is from the last one that I was worried about the abuse of other people, even if they are your quote unquote enemy. But what you're describing to me doesn't sound abusive. It sounds perfectly within your rights to do. Yeah, it's not. I'm not saying we we do any thing necessarily dirty we just need yeah. to figure out how to organize sure. and out of that organization we're going to get some negative reactions and it will cause a counter reaction to some extent um that could i mean ideally escalate into a whole shit show that that i think is is the objective at the end of the day for at least maybe blonde and myself where things <laughs> I see. things escalate to the nth degree you, uh, you bait the there, attack on you and the then first, you defend yourself yeah exactly gotcha. precisely gotcha yeah, you got it yeah. very good very good um so yeah we can we can catch up at a different time but basically yeah, no. i'd more say about you know well, the democrats have a whole bunch of orcs that they can uh summon at any moment and we just have to come together as a whole faction of the right more instead no, I, of Grooming. Yeah, I think these it's topics are, are really interesting. And I know um, our, our Phil calls in and talks about this, too, because don't get me wrong. I Obviously, I want a world in which we all agree not to abuse each other. I am not so naive to think that these people are going to agree that we all just lay down the sword and nobody picks up the swords anymore and we live our lives happily and independently. They won't. I think that you're right about that, that when they have a chance, they will come and slit your throat with that sword. So how do you walk that line between proper defense of self and not stepping over the line into abuse and also not being so, well, you you don't want to, 
you have to recognize when people are coming for you. And if you don't, you're just going to lay down and they're going to come and kill you anyway. These are really difficult topics to navigate. So I appreciate your perspective on it. Yep. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I can continue some other time. Thanks, man. We'll catch you next time. Take it easy. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, El Vicero is up next. El Vicero, are you there? I am here. What's on your mind? I am here to crush any remaining faith that Blonde has left in our medical no. establishment. No. Ugh, why? <clears throat> because the garbage extends to other areas of medical treatment. And I um, found this out because I've been having chronic sinus issues that have, have flared up in the past few months. And I finally found a doctor that reads the actual science. And he's kind of a character, too. He comes into the office with his kilt. But he's like, yeah, most people who are having chronic sinus problems, over 90% have a fungal infection. What? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And there were some people that tried to debunk that. And then uh, it turns out that they make money defending clients when a fungal infection is the issue, like you caused this for my client. They tried to debunk it, and it's like, oh, no, go back to the Mayo Clinic studies, where one of them was like 96% of people with chronic sinus issues had fungal overgrowth. Really? Yeah. And what happens is a lot of times you'll get a sinus infection, and you'll go in, and it'll be bacterial. They'll treat it. It kills everything up there, and your sinuses aren't supposed to be sterile, and then other bad shit moves in. Okay. Well, what did he say to do? Use a neti pot? Well, he took an endoscope and actually looked up my nose and he was like, Oh yeah, you've, you've got a really bad one. Hmm. And so the antifungal that he gave me is he gave me 30 of them. If a woman with a yeast infection were to get prescribed that she'd get prescribed one pill at a lower dosage. Was it prednisone or something? I'm on prednisone too right now, uh, which means my bloodlust probably dwarfs yours by a big amount, like fucking roid rage. Hmm. But no, the, oh, the, I, I remember, I remember reading this in the, in the group chat. That's why. Yeah. 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 Um, so are you just squirting monostat up your nose? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, uh, squirting tincture of violet up my nose. Hmm. And I have to drop some on my tongue too. I don't know if you saw the picture. I did not. Um, no. <laughs> okay. I, I can forward it to you on Telegram. Like twice a week I have to do this and it keeps my tongue fucking purple for about 24 hours. Hmm. Oh. Oh. And yes, I shaved. Well, let me know um, if it works. Well, the other thing is, is we haven't done the research. After they treat a sinus infection, they should immediately go back in and re-inoculate your sinuses because your sinuses are not supposed to be sterile. We haven't even done the research to figure out which species of bacteria need to go up there. Yeah. I, I've, been, so, I've been dealing with this shit for years. I, I, I'm probably going to need surgeries for it. So how does this um, all connect to the medical establishment and why? what is the reason that this sort of knowledge that this doctor has is not uh, commonly forwarded to the patient? Because most doctors do not read the science and most doctors pay attention to just the CDC or the FDA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's like, you guys need to read the science. Yeah. Is there just, and what's the CDC's, is it just some pharmaceutical interest or why is the CDC wrong about this? 
I, you know, I haven't looked to see what the CDC specifically says about hmm. this issue. Um, I just know that when I talk to a lot of doctors, like, oh, I just listened to the CDC. I'm like, are you kidding? CDC's, you know, incompetence is the, the, the first thing wrong with the CDC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> you just not get into corruption there, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Blonde, you get to see what I look like without a beard and a purple tongue now if you go to Telegram. <laughs> wow. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, right. I, 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 at least I, I'm glad to hear things are improving. I hope things get better, and, um, and thanks for letting us know what's going on. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, is, is when I was doing the research on bacteria, I found one, it won't cure it. it. You can inoculate your sinuses with one that's associated with good sinus health, but you need other species to support it. So you can mm-hmm. do it, and you feel good for one to three days. I found hmm. the bacteria. I was like, okay, what is this used for? Oh, it's used for fermenting vegetables and some hard sausages. So hmm. I was like going to the health food store and like shoving kimchi up my nose and it <laughs> gave me relief. Wow. I didn't know how bad I was feeling until I had a day where I felt, I, I literally felt 10 years younger. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of times like, these long lasting conditions, you sort of forget what normal actually feels like until you find a way to get it right. back. Yeah. yeah. But All anyways, right. I'll take one last word, and then I'll get out of your hair. I drew for Oryx, and I drew for Elk for my hunts this year, except Oryx is going to be a July hunt, and that's going to be one hot motherfucker. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. (laughs) Uh, Congratulations, and uh, happy hunting. Happy hunting. All right. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Okay. Up next, uh, well, we're right at, let's, let's actually catch up on chats really quick because we're right at the bottom of the hour, and I think we might just have a few because we're good on Tippy Stream refresh just to check we're good over on d live so just if you want to grab a few off youtube uh, we'll get right back to the calls hold and more hi truth seekers when people want you to get behind something and you won't they call you a phobe like homophobe transphobe xenophobe but now that fear is virtue ain't that a compliment interesting well you, you're only a, you're supposed to be afraid of certain things it's it's a selective fear thing it's not just any fear it's fear of what Right. But that is an interesting observation. Fear is certainly virtuous in the right context. See coronavirus, see um, mm-hmm. Nazism or whatever. And I'm not saying that you should be pro-corona or pro-Nazi, but I'm saying there are boogeymen that they construct that you're supposed to be fearful of. And that's how you demonstrate your your loyalty to the uh, exactly. to the cause. Yeah. I really hate my co-host says really blonde. That's a terrible thing to admit. I didn't say it. I did say it, but I didn't mean it. <laughs> what? There, it's, it, have you been feeding information to, uh, to others now? There's no. uh there's uh, there, well, I don't know. Is there some kind of uh, hate coup against me? No hate coup. Oh, uh, black magic. Hey skag. Do you know what day today is? That's right. It's my uncle A's birthday. Again, is oh, today the 20th? It is. Uh, it is for, I can't believe I didn't properly honor the holiday at the top of the stream. It slipped my mind. Yeah, really? Do you really do you think that you and Chet could wish my uncle Lee a very happy birthday? It would mean the world to us. Happy birthday, Uncle A. <laughs> so close. Happy birthday. Thanks for supporting the show. We're good. Okay. We will uh, come back to your chats at the top of the hour. Thank you, guys. And uh, next up is... Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Magic Sky Fairy. Mr. Sky Fairy, are you there? I'm there. How you doing? Hello. What's hey, on your mind, you sir? Yes, sir? Yes, sir. All righty. I'll give you guys a, a choice of two things that I was uh, retting around in uh, in my brain here. Um, 
Topic one, John Stewart. <laughs> yeah. And then topic two is insulating kids against global homo in the classroom. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, I well, can't turn that down. Um <laughs> I actually because we've talked about the latter topic, not I'm sure there's plenty of angles on it. Don't get me wrong. But it's something we've talked about at, at some length. The John Stewart thing is more interesting to me, but you get to decide, Magic Sky Fairy, since you're the tie-breaking vote. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to um, go with the patriarchy then and say that your vote All right. uh, is outweighing blondes. Uh, I've only seen, to be fair to John Stewart, and I assume you're talking about his new show, I've only seen the one clip where they got really pissed at Andrew Sullivan for saying that America's not that racist. Yeah, that's all you need. I mean, mm. th- that's kind of the motif of the, the broader thing. The thing is, I, I don't know about you, like you had your Democrat days and I was, mm. I literally had a John Stewart, Stephen Colbert for president t-shirt back like, you wow. know, when I was retarded. Oh God. Yeah, that's how bad it was. I liked the guy and, and, and I remember watching him and Tucker, I'm sure you've seen that clip at least a few times where, uh. He goes on crossfire and just uh, starts saying, oh, you're hurting America and, you know, you're tearing us apart, blah, blah, blah. And at the time, I thought that was like Jon Stewart went in there and just owned him and said, yeah, you tell that, you know, Republican asshole that uh, he's divisive and he's this and, you know. And then I watched it recently, uh, you know, now years later with the benefit of, you know, hindsight and awareness of leftist uh, toxicity. Yeah. And it actually, now I'm actually embarrassed that that was my perspective walking away from that clip and thinking that because all that happened in that clip really was uh, Tucker invites him on and that guy says, hey, you're tearing us apart. And then Tucker asks, okay, why? We're having discussions. We're debating topics. We're cordial with each other. And then John's just like, yeah, but like in retrospect, John's whole point was like, no, 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 you're giving light to the wrong opinions and that's dividing us. You should just be, you know, joining the choir of the right opinions to denounce all the bad things uh-huh. and joining us. Um, and when they talk about unity, they always mean conformity, actually. They, they always have yeah. like a double speak with all this. That's stuff. well put. I, that, uh, that's one of the best ways I've heard that concept phrased. You're exactly right. They mean yep. conform to us. Yeah, that's it. Like, it's, it's sort of like um, their vision of the future. So I guess I'll talk about Star Trek as an analogy. Like they always think of what they're working towards is like like the Federation with you know everybody with the weird foreheads is just kind of like you know we've got like space u n where everybody gets along and mm-hmm. you know they're the good guys, and what they're actually kind of driving towards though the way they're so bent on having conformity um is more like the Borg, really it is yeah so i I don't know Star Trek well enough, but I gather that's some kind of hive mind type thing it, it is, is yeah Borg, okay. Borg is basically a hive mind that just uh, their whole when they come across a new species is just like you will assimilate or you will be destroyed got it, and that's more what I'm used to seeing out of them, yeah, um and on top of that, but what they'd leave out, I guess in Star Trek, the difference between I guess the left and the Borg, I guess would be like. Uh, but it's okay if we destroy you because you're evil and we're good. So therefore, yeah. anything we do to you is justified. Um, yeah. I was never... You never see that in reverse. Back to the uh, to the John Stewart uh, origin of all of this. I was never a huge John Stewart guy. I would listen occasionally more than Colbert. I never really had a Colbert 
uh, interest all that much. But yeah, me neither. I look back. I saw enough John Stewart that I used to look back and think, oh, yeah, but he was funny way back when he was one and, of the good ones. Yeah and, yeah. and he's actually had some moments of clarity in recent years and at least understanding why people supported Trump, for example. It doesn't mean that he supports those people, but he's had kind of those Bill Maher he's, style he's fundamentally a retard, glimpses. Like Maher. But that's but this is what, I, what I'm saying is when I look back on him with like at least a, a degree of fondness, you think, was it actually good or was I just blinded by the uh, what I was fed at the time, which is what you're talking about? Well, that's Sider, kind of like yeah. a question because like a clip that I was always thought like that was like Jon Stewart at his best. I watch it now. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've changed um, so much. It sounds like his new show is really struggling as well. At least I saw some reporting on it uh, not getting the sort of viewership that they were counting on. But I don't know if uh, how accurate that is or not. But yeah, well, I haven't really paid it again. I'm, I'm with you that I've only really seen the one clip where he was talking about how white people only do stuff for white comfort. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Have black people done a lot for, you know, other races comfort? Yeah, it's, it's um, it was all it's it is. It's all sorts of double standards like that. It, it was it, again, it was like if only white people would do more, we'd reach utopia. <laughs> yeah, that kind it, of mentality. But reality yeah. is like people generally like race aside are just going to basically want to earn an income to support their families. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're living life, the, 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 I guess, the right way or a good way, whatever, they're just going to want to put food on the table. Right. Um, you know, raise their kids and just do it again the next day and just repeat until retire and then die. Yeah. Like, what, what does he think? Like white people get up and just like, we all go on our yachts that are powered by black tears and just like. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. Well, and, and yeah, like, I don't, I don't understand wh- how this, this retarded, I don't know, white guilt, I guess this crippling white guilt mentality got as far as it has, and but it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. And it's so annoying because what is the most realistic prospect at Utopia, or at least the closest thing that we as humans could achieve it is everyone taking the best care of their family as they possibly could. If everybody did the best effort that they can to take care of their family and to, and to keep your family together, not have single parent households and all this nonsense, you're going to be in a lot better shape overall. But instead we say that it's, you know, it's, it's uh, a certain race's job to take care of some other race or, or it's, it's your job to take care of someone else's family it's like, yeah, it's it's nice too if you have the ability to support other people charitably, but fundamentally, your first job is your family. Everything else is secondary. If, but it sounds selfish, but it's it's just human nature, number one. But that's how we build the the most the best uh, society, the most stable society, right. Right. regardless. Yeah, but it. But getting back to John Stewart, like I I wonder if you like the the position you just outlined is one that he would actually agree with, or if he would just like. He'd probably have some leftist shit to say back to it. But um, I guess mm. it, it sounds like we're kind of in agreement that this is a guy that, like, we used to watch and, like, think was good. And then yeah. it'd be, I, I guess, interesting to just watch old episodes of The Daily Show that I cheered on and, you know, watched uncritically at the time. I remember the first time that somebody told me he was biased, I I just, like, scoffed. Like, what? what are you talking about? No, he's <laughs> the, you know, the true, like, spitball-tossing comedian who, like, tells it like it is and... I it's, saw an I old know. clip circulating where he actually made a tranny joke. So maybe it was like slightly really? edgy back then. 
Does the left know about this? Because he needs to be canceled I immediately. Think, I think that was the point. Uh, it was circulating on Twitter. People saying he needs to be canceled sort of sarcastically in the way that, that you're saying. Or even seriously, yeah. but sort of ironically by their own standards, I guess. Um, yeah, well, they're very selective about it. Yeah. It's only when somebody starts defecting that they you know, break out the, the cancellation guns. Yeah. Uh, but if it's Jimmy Kimmel in blackface or even Trudeau in Dude, Jimmy you know, Kimmel black did... body... What uh, happened to him? Is he we, still going or did he get canceled by that? What, Trudeau? No, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, he's Jimmy still Jimmy Kimmel? They're both yeah, still, still going. He's still like, mm-hmm. uh, he was in the news for something stupid recently that I forget what it was. I, I think Kimmel like, did Black Body too with that Carl Malone bit. He did. I think they both yeah. did yeah, full on Black oh, yeah. Body. Yeah, it was the whole body, wasn't it? <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, Sarah Silverman too. Yeah, that dude oh, on yeah. um, Halloween. I forgot. All right. Well, uh, yeah. thank you for the call, man. All the best to your family. Yeah, you guys too. Have a good night. See you later. <clears throat> okay, New Direction is up next. New Direction, are you there? I got nothing. Do you have... Uh... Right. Oh, there we go. Uh, what's on your mind? Sorry. You had a bit of time to connect there. Look, I've got a choice of two things for you. So one is more of a, a question about morality or ethics or whatnot, but mm-hmm. you'll have to probably be careful how you phrase your answer to not get... Uh, Susan Wiki Wicked. The other one is a bit of a update with fam and life goals and learning skills and that sort of thing. Well, mm, you choose, Skag. I was going to say the last one went my way, so I was going to let you have the choice on this. Uh, what was the second one you said? Family An life goals, in- life skills. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. do that. All right. Well, so one of the great things about watching your show for me is you guys have gone through pretty similar life stages than I have. So I'm about Mm -hmm. six months younger than you guys. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the things that you've gone through, I've sort of followed suit. So earlier this month, uh, I just got married. Oh, congratulations. Good job. And so I wanted to share about the, uh, the engagement ring part of that process. And so I didn't want to get screwed over by paying some ridiculous markup fee because mm-hmm. I think at, at the time I proposed it was coming out of COVID and everyone else was proposing and stuff had markups of like <laughs> That's probably true. I hadn't thought of that. Oh, yeah. Big rush because everyone was waiting for the go-ahead. Yeah. yeah. So the way I, I worked around that is I thought, all right, bugger this. I'm not paying that. I'm not, not getting rorted. I went to the sort of the jewelry precinct of town. And I just walked in and said, yeah, I'm a jeweler. I'm looking to uh, source some ah, stones and all this sort of crap. Smart. Hmm. So went around it, there's not really that much you need to know. You can look up YouTube and really you're just looking for like the stone to have scratches and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you can look up the price of gold and silver and that. And yeah. you know, what, what's the fee that they're adding? It's all really straightforward stuff. It's just, you need to specify all the details call all the people that do it and tie it all yeah. together. So it just, because this is not something that I did, but just for, for someone who might be considering this, what you're saying is take a look at a ring. You can, you can appraise the value of the rock. You can appraise the value of the precious metal and get an idea for how much you're getting ripped off or not. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Um, well, I guess you don't even need to appraise it. You just walk in, say I'm a jeweler, and they just tell you the wholesale prices of these things. Are they available for purchase to just anybody? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they think that you're a retail customer, they think it's once off, and they're going to put a, a lot bigger markup on it. Okay. That's so smart. I guess you have to have a, a baseline knowledge in case they ask you any questions, though. 
Well, okay, so you stuff up for the first person you go to and then you learn for the next um, gym. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. Dealer. So what, uh, when you eventually bought the ring, you're saying that you went, are you saying that you bought, I guess, parts or are you saying that you bought a complete product? You just were able to evaluate whether you were getting a good deal or not. Uh, no, so I, I, I did everything from scratch. I put a, hmm. uh, a large amount of thought in every part of the process. Cool. And so the first thought is, fuck you, De Beers. I'm not getting one of your uh, Monopoly-owned diamonds. Yeah. So yep. went and sourced a American-grown um, diamond and uh, got a, a nice one of them from one of the wholesalers and then went and custom-catted out and designed a ring. Uh, then organized to get that fabricated by the caster. Cool. Um, I, actually, I was actually going to go the level of, of pouring the metal myself, but due wow. to lockdowns and inability to get to places. Yeah, yeah. look, I can share about that process. but well, yeah. I, And I assume what you got out of it one. is a totally unique piece, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, only one of its kind. And yeah. the important thing about this is I made it all about her. There's a lot mm -hmm. of symbolism, and all of the meanings are her, her name, her interests, her likes, and that. Mm -hmm. So... That you can't buy anything that's individual like that from the shops. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I I uh, I think a lot of guys, myself included, I I just I didn't really realize that that was. Uh, I guess you could think it's possible, but I guess I just would think it's harder to do than you're describing. You know, maybe it's not that tough. Well, and that and that's the thing, and that's why you can get rewarded so badly, is yeah. because people haven't put a bit a lot of thought in it, and they yeah. don't know what to expect, and they don't know what questions to ask. This is the not that not that we didn't do this before, but I think a lot of this is just a consequence of this sort of expert mentality that we've cultivated over the last few years too. this deference to experts. Well, I can't do that. I'm not an expert. I can't right. achieve this. I'm not an expert. When in reality, a lot of experts are people just like you who spent maybe as little as a few weeks learning the material. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. So if you just put in the yeah. time, I mean, especially these days, you're exactly right. It's so amazing how many skills and how many how just different pieces of information you can acquire from YouTube or wherever else to learn the basics of a topic and at least have a fundamental understanding um, to get yourself the best deal or to build something cool like you're talking about. It's really it's, it sounds really awesome that you did this in this context, too. It's yeah, got to be really well, gems aren't that her. difficult, though. I can see how you were able to do this. I mean, mm. you're just looking for inclusions for scratches for symmetry, clarity. Pretty you can learn much. all that in like a week, right? Well, I mean, do you even need to learn? You're just looking for scratches. You get a magnifying glass and you, you turn it around and look at all the surfaces and inside. You also have to make sure it's not fake, which requires a little bit of skill. You can, uh, but with dealing with like the wholesale side of things, because it's a zero They're usually thing, not, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and you get valuation certificates and there's legal repercussions if it, it doesn't Oh, really? Agree. Not here. Yeah. Uh, no, everything that trades hands like behind the scenes between the jewelers, it's all with proper value certifications and serial number tracking and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you, you rubes at the um, retail store that they screw over. Hmm. Well, that's, that's valuable uh, information for any young men who are uh, at that stage of life. So thank you for that. Is there any other, are there any other thoughts you'd like to add before we let you go? Look, um, uh, for Blonde, I got a message from Smegma Bukaki, Smegma Bukaki 69 this morning. Yeah. Uh, he says he, he's praying for um, your brother and sister-in-law. Thank you so much. We, we appreciate that. Everything's well, going well, so I don't want to alarm anybody. Send our regards to Mr. 
or Mrs. Bukaki. I don't I don't claim to know the gender. My brother thought that name was so funny. <laughs> he was like, I just got a donation or a meal from Mr. Smegma Bukaki 69. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, let him know that Mr. or Mrs. Smegma sends his or her regards. <laughs> I will. Thank you, New Direction, and uh, congratulations. And uh, if when are you getting married? How, how when's the uh, wedding date? Uh, so it happened earlier this month. Oh, so you already uh, are married? I oh, thought you were just gotcha. engaged. I thought you okay. just got engaged. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a great. Uh, well, I guess have a great day down under. We'll Thanks. do so. See Okay, uh, Reloaded AK is up next. Mister AK, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi guys. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, I, uh, listened to your, uh, show from Monday today, and, um, I was gonna comment on the Elon Musk thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing about Vanguard is that they actually own BlackRock. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. I've heard that, uh, and then they're just building, they're just building, uh, developments everywhere. We have one in, um, in Riverstone in Coeur d'Alene, and everything costs $1.5 million. They're on these tiny lots. They're just, like, shoddily built. They're going to make it impossible for any of us to own homes. Yep, that's part of it. Uh, but I just uh, the, the 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 interesting thing is that you know who like is sitting basically at the top of the BlackRock. You you can find out who Larry Fink is. I mean, you know, Fink? Who, can, who can miss Larry? Yeah, Larry Fink. Who can miss that big nose? Uh, but wow. um, uh, <laughs> you you can find you can look that up. I mean, the funny thing about Vanguard though is nobody knows who really runs Vanguard. Like the basically the board isn't it the government? Hmm. Uh, like I said, it's not even really disclosed. Oh, this guy's an ugly bastard. The Vanguard oh, group. Yeah. Oh Ugh. yeah. Um, there's other like uh like financial companies that like BlackRock. Like, <laughs> there's one that's John that sounds just like like almost identical to it. it's called Blackstone. And they're, he, the Blair thing is actually really good uh, friends with the other Jewish guy who runs Blackstone. And, Are you, you know, just calling in to rail on our greatest allies? I mean, it, it's what I always do. But, um, <laughs> it's uh, Well, it's telling me that this guy Buckley runs Vanguard, uh, the CEO uh, and chairman. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Buckley. It was Buckley who runs Vanguard. I'm trying to it's like there's a bunch of different financial firms that are kind of like linked to BlackRock and Vanguard. Uh-huh. And it would be Buckley who run, who who does the Blackstone. Oh, Blacks. Well, this says Oh yeah, so this says chairman and CEO of Vanguard for Vanguard, Buckley. Vanguard so it's Buckley? The, that's what that's, that's what Wikipedia the, says. One name. But it says the Vanguard group. And I I want to make sure that that's the same thing that we're talking about, but that's the big uh, investment group, seven trillion in global assets under management as of January of last year. Well, if I remember right, it should be bigger than seven trillion, considering the fact that I believe uh, BlackRock ended up getting uh, the keys to the Federal Reserve, and I believe they they pumped up their shit up to all the way up to like almost fifteen trillion. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know that much about either of these companies, but this is just what the Wikipedia page says. Well, I mean, like the Buckley was a name, but I mean, like you could dig down further into Black Rock and see mm. who, because Larry Fink is like the guy, the guy who basically you know helps run that shit. But Vanguard, even if it says Buckley as the head, but there's nobody, you don't really know anything else besides the Buckley name. That's what I kind of meant by it. Yeah, they're they're a privately like, uh, held company, so there's you know they don't they're certainly not disclosing as much as uh, as a publicly traded company would, but. Um, 
and I don't know who's running it. The only thing they list is just key people is just Buckley, the chairman and CEO. It's the only person. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's just like, yeah. ah, there's just that one guy. And I'm, something tells me that Buckley is just the face of it. Because Larry Fink has made way more proactive moves, I think, with the within the past couple of years, like I said, with the Federal Reserve and everything, than Buckley ever did. Besides yeah. the whole Twitter, the the the, the challenging Elon Musk for the Twitter uh, 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 stock yeah. uh, rights. Um, considering the fact that, uh, good lord, well, let's see, if they're sitting at seven trillion in assets, this is as far as we know, because who knows, funny money is all fake and gay these days. Uh, there's no way in hell that Elon Musk is going to be able to go up against these financial institutions. When all this stuff, be able to outbid them. Yeah, well, he certainly is taking on. Um, he's certainly taking on forces with resources that meet or exceed his. There's no doubt. Oh. He, he is the world's richest man individually, but that doesn't mean that he actually has the biggest pile of cash. Uh, depending on how people pool it, you know. But um, the, a lot of this stuff is. It, I don't know a bunch about this BlackRock stuff and about Vanguard, but I, I, I know enough that, that they're buying up all kinds of um, single family homes and things like that. At least mm-hmm. that's what I've, I've heard. And I, I find this stuff to be really interesting. Uh, well, just w- where that line should be drawn. I think property rights are extremely important, obviously, and they should be defended. Um, if you have a single entity buying up entry level or just ent- like single family entry homes such that they are in, shorter supply harder to attain for for beginning for starting families what is the line or sh- what is the line by which that should be regulated or how should it be regulated i mean if you have a if you have like either either a single small group or one man who who rivals the entire gdp of several small countries mm-hmm. i mean you got to you got to raise an eyebrow at that cuz he's able to he's his uh, he's able to wield a lot more power than uh, you know, the uh, even a massive group of people would be able to because mm-hmm. I mean, you can easily sow disinformation and whatever you'd want to because they just think of um, uh, what am I? Why am I blanking out? The Washington Post, uh, Amazon, mm. uh, Bezos, uh, Bezos, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he he basically you know owns a, a massive media firm that <laughs> that uh, I mean basically says uh. Do you, like here's why millionaires paying ta- not paying taxes is actually a good thing or whatever like or like here's why the top ten percent not having to pay taxes can be a good thing mm-hmm. blah 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 but I I just wanted to say when regarding Elon Musk uh it for the most part like I don't really I can't really put too much stock in Elon Musk and and like how big are his goals in terms of like the free speech aspect of uh, his um his acquisition of Twitter stock mm-hmm. considering the fact that it's uh he like Juan mentioned, he's been kind of mum about the whole South at South Africa situation, even though mm-hmm. he is South African African himself. And you would think that uh, he would have been able to put some um, money towards, you know, yeah. trying to help stabilize the situation down there. He's got way, he's got more than enough. Yeah. But so far he just seems to be consolidating his, uh, his uh i guess his assets in terms of like the the global financial market and whatnot well don't you I'm remember suspicious of him don't you remember when he got in trouble a couple of years ago for asking who owns the media yeah <laughs> he didn't ask who he said who owns the media yeah it was a reply tweet to somebody and people mm-hmm. had um 
uh, claimed that was a, an, an anti-Semitic theme. It was. Um, but was he wrong? No, and I reject the term anti-Semitism, although I used it colloquially earlier in the episode. Um, but I don't even like the term. Well, I, I, it's, I, yeah, I reject the term anti-Semitism, too, because, I mean, it's just kind of like self, because all we're doing is self-defense. Well, um, any, but, any, other, any other thoughts before we let you go? Like, and in the end, if like, if I can't call, um, if I can't yell, like, uh, yell the N word at people on Twitter and I can't ca- call Jews a bunch of circle K's, then, uh, <laughs> okay. then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's circle K's. Just, I haven't heard that. I assume wow. that you, um, you I, watch I Devin stack. I know. Uh, I, oh, I mean, I, I didn't know he used the term. I kind of came up with it myself. No, I mean, he did a really good, um, segment on circle K oh. ranch. Yep. I hmm. assume that's where you got it. No, it's actually, I was just thinking of like the, I saw like the Circle K clothing store or whatever. I think that's a, like a store. And I'm like, huh, you know, Circle K makes a lot of sense. That's, that's interesting. You should look up the Circle K ranch. Okay. All yeah, right. I probably should. Thank you for the call. <laughs> okay. Have a great night. All right. Have a good night, guys. Okay. You're like, get out of here. Get. Well, you know, anything goes on the old Wednesday show uh, on the topic, though, of, of Vanguard and BlackRock and all this. I did see a news piece recently. It was not about either of these companies, but it was about another firm that's doing the same thing, buying up these single family homes. And it was a CEO talking about this with I think it was Leslie Stahl on CBS. And he was making the point. No, no, we're not actually um, harming millennials, younger generations. This is actually what they want. They don't want to be you tied down to a home. You own nothing and be happy. These motherfuckers. That's basically what he was saying <laughs> in different words, that millennials don't want to be tied down to a home. They want the benefit of living in a single family home without the responsibilities it entails, like maintenance and all that. I'll decide what I want. There, yeah. I, I don't doubt that there's plenty of spin going on from this guy's perspective. On the other side of it, though, is it possible there's a nugget of truth to that? Is, is it possible that that our generation, the generation younger than ours, that they actually have such twisted ideals that they don't think that home ownership and family are the things to pursue? Because yeah, I can that's just because they've been indoctrinated. I, yeah, and I, I certainly see that. I don't think that it means that he's just helping people achieve their dreams. I think it's mm-hmm. uh, a little more. Uh, well, there are more issues than just that. But I also don't think it's. I couldn't say that there's no basis to what he's saying, that there's a lot of twisted ideals in our generation that may be part of the problem. I guess, but we we were made this way and then they use that um, to benefit themselves and screw our generation. I suppose it's kind of uh, it's like at some level, if you've been presented a bill of goods, you, you know, you, it's the people who lied to you. It's it's their fault. Yeah. But eventually when the lies exposed, even if you're dealt an unfair hand, you still have to work to overcome that you still have to being propagandized during childhood is going to have a a lifelong effect it's it's really hard to shake people from that yeah yeah millennials are victims of that uh yeah well there's i mean whether it's whether it's the 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 deception that we were sold on the value or necessity of a college education or even this sort of Thinking where actually it's bad to own a home because then you'll have to mow your lawn or some such nonsense. Mm-hmm. 
I think that, that that it's true that we didn't necessarily invent all of those ideas ourselves, that, that right. someone kind of conditioned those into us. But I just don't want to go so far as to say it absolves us of all responsibility because we are, you know, we are, we, we do have agency. We do have critical thinking where we should be able to overcome these things. But I, the property rights stuff I just find so interesting because I want to defend property rights above almost anything else. It's so crucial to a free and just society. Mm -hmm. That said, at what point does your acquisition of property actually infringe on the rights of others to acquire property, which is the the question here. And I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea what the rule should be on that or if there should be one, but it is pretty alarming to see giant companies pricing new families out of the market. I suppose uh, we have allowed it, though, to your point. I just I'll have to think more about that. There's got to be some some rule on it. I just I don't I don't have uh, I don't have my principle to explain it. So I'll have to think about it more. Uh, we're good. Over, we are due for a break. We're good over on um, Tippy Stream. Thank you guys over on D Live as well. If we have some YouTube chats, we can catch up with those and we'll do our last segment of calls. Sure. Let me reload this. Uh, Liberty Bell says blonde helped to accelerate my red pilling yet your mutual panning of Rocky broke my trust just like when I mm. realized that the noise coming from my parents room at night was not wrestling as my parents <laughs> would tell me I'm sorry I just you know a lot of great films came out of the 70s and I just don't you, you know I I did not as far as I've seen I don't think I got a single hate email about rocky the comments hate you yeah yeah i'm sure people just went to the youtube comments and i know there are a lot of comments on the the review the written review on the website so i'm pretty sure that's the i don't mean to say there was no hate i just think they went a different route the 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 couple (laughs) emails the couple emails that i got about the review were actually supportive of my conclusion so i know that some people think rocky sucks like i know that they do yeah yeah um, uh, Robin D. Banks, we're doing super chats here. This is like my second time showing up to this. Are we doing this? Is this happening? That's also <laughs> what I said the first time Matt and I made sweet, sweet love. Oh. Wow. Thank you uh, for supporting the show as always. We're good. You're acting queer. All right. We will uh, come back to your chats at the end of the stream. Um, Appreciate I'll it. have to just circle back with you. Next up is Drift Rock. Drift Rock, are you there? I, I am. What's on your mind? Well, uh, there there are two things actually. Um, one, uh, I uh, watched your uh, video today, and I I, I, I really liked it. But oh, I, I that you were missing um, one aspect of the social degeneration hmm. has gotten us where we are now. Okay, and that, that is um, you were you were citing uh, uh, your your complaint that they that uh, all these corporations like the airlines were willing to go along with all the COVID restrictions and weren't willing to push back. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I I agree it's awful, but I I also think I understand uh, what was going on and why they did that. And ironically, the, the problem isn't with the federal government probably so much as it is with the state governments and, ah. and and what what i what i think is going on there is that uh, um basically these companies 
of course, they're all worried about the bottom line. And what they're all terrified of is is uh, lawsuits, mm-hmm. uh, particularly uh, class action lawsuits. And yeah. the the problem they were faced with was, yes, they could have they could have uh, all joined together and 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 told the Biden administration, no, we're not going to go along with this. But had they done that, um, um, and had anyone uh, gotten COVID, uh, and and could have you know made the case in court that uh, uh, they had contracted it on an airplane, with basically the CDC's you know saying that uh, um, you know this this was risky behavior. Um, uh, they they would stand a strong chance of of uh, being just brutalized in the courts, uh, even if there was no real evidence. You know, the the lawyers would go after them because the money would be there. And you're saying that's the, that's the fault of states because of state uh, tort laws or or standards right, exactly. for lawsuits. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and ironically, it's some of the reddest states in the country. Uh, that are the most lucrative for the tort lawyers hmm. states like texas and and you know uh alabama um um you know uh georgia Th- these states are are uh you know uh, <laughs> well well beloved by the tort lawyers and so has hmm. so, this so, happened in the past and i'm i'm not trying to put you on the spot i have no idea and it, i'm just curious if you know have have we had a sort of lawsuit like this? Say you catch the flu on a plane in the year 2015 and you have a really bad case of the flu and it causes you damage or maybe your grandma gets the flu from you after you got it on the plane and she dies. Have, I, have I, I ever, don't think there there I'm, have ever been any uh, cases like that associated with, you know, uh, you know, communicable diseases. That's what but, drives me nuts. Uh, it's like viruses happen. Sorry, they did. That's right. We're suing people for biology now. Like, well, know, how I can know. you do this? Right, right. But but think of think of asbestos. And yeah. Think of lead paint. I mean, the the uh, uh, we're we're talking in uh, you know in lots of cases, you know, uh, many tens of billions of dollars um, um, that that are, that are in play. And and not always because it's justified, but but because it's worth the time for the lawyers to 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 go in court and try to shake the companies down. And so the easiest way to avoid all that is just to go along with whatever these uh, um, you know bureaucrats uh, are peddling. And mm-hmm. and it's I, I I I don't know that there's an easy answer for it. And Anyway, that was there the is one it's thing abolish the CDC. Oh. <laughs> That's the easy answer. Well, well there is that. You yeah. Know, yeah. Oh, 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 there there are there are a lot of these uh, government agencies that we, we really need to get rid of. Uh, um, in the idea no that we could have part, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but just the idea yeah. to that we would have basically a federal agency of responsibility. We decree what responsibility is. If you yeah. dare defy it, you are subject to lawsuit yeah. liability. I mean, that's insanity. Uh, well, and and I don't doubt that you're probably right that that's part of the calculation for these people. Yeah. Well, a, a a big reason we need to get rid of a lot of these organizations is because, um, it's you know their or, organizations have life life cycles just like uh, people or organisms do, and mm-hmm. um, what happens is you get later in life, whether you're a person or a group. A lot of your energy goes more and more towards just 
um, um, uh, how can we justifying your ongoing existence? Mm-hmm. And and that's what a lot of these government agencies, they'll you know that have been around a while. That's mostly what they're about. You know, how do they justify their budget? How do they how 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 do they justify um, you know uh, their uh, executives getting promoted and stuff like that? Yeah. So so that was the one topic I want to talk about. The other one is I wanted to throw we'll have down to be quick on the long. second, real quick. Yeah yeah, I wanted to throw down with Blonde about Star Trek because oh. I'm just autistic enough to think there's nothing wrong with alienating a beautiful woman. Like I said, twenty but, minutes, all yours. Oh, Go for it. Oh okay. So. so so I, I'm a big Star Trek fan, but uh, I'm a fan of the actual Star Trek s- series, uh, the one from the '60s, mm. And, mm. and 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 all all the terrible things that have happened to Star Trek. The stage was set for that with the Next Generation because, uh, but because all, although you know, uh, I understand that you know a lot of the crew of the original Enterprise were Jews. Uh, uh, um, um, you know, um, oh, it's that kind of show tonight. Well, we can All right. You, I know. You, I know. You, you've got to. You, you've got to understand that even Lieutenant Ohura had more testosterone than than any any uh, of the men on the uh, Next Generation combined. And my chief evidence. What about Worf? Well, okay, you 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 caught me there. Yeah, yeah, he's he he was the one standout. Uh, but but yeah, he was there being manly for you know for everyone else because you certainly didn't get much manliness out of Riker or uh, Picard. But I, I'm with you there. Riker's a fag. Did you see how he sits? Knees yeah. crossed. Knees crossed. Yeah. yeah, and well, and there's the Picard maneuver. I mean, you know, yeah. no man should care that much about how is clothes fit the but, picard uh, maneuver is just a is just a reach around that's that is when you say knees crossed you mean like legs crossed not no gap no gap no. right like like a woman yeah. is supposed to sit with her legs yeah crossed. or okay. a homosexual man yeah, i've never heard it described that way so i had to look it up to be sure and this this space jews thing is not an original series phenomenon there's an entire generation or uh, entire species of space jews the the ferengi Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'll have to give the next generation folks credit. I, that that's pretty ballsy because I mean they were so it was so obvious, and yeah. and and it wasn't just that they were space Jews. They 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 were they were the Harvey Weinstein's. You know, they were the they, the they were Hollywood like really species. ugly. So Skag, there's this species of people that are like grotesquely ugly and short. And obsessed with with mining space gold. Okay. Yeah, money. <laughs> wow. Money in, in general. Okay. Yeah. And, and this was and, in the sixties. No, this was no, in no, uh, Star Trek: The, the Next Generation. Oh, really? And, That's kind of surprising. All right. And and they don't wear, let their women wear clothes. That, huh. That's what made that. That's As in, what, they go nude, or what do you mean? They have to. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Weird. The women are, are are supposed to be naked all the time. And their wow. ears are their erogenous zones. Okay. And so you can like pet their ears and they'll be like a dog and they'll do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. But, All right. But, I, I got to let you go, man. We're, we're running up okay, against the clock, sure. but thank you for the call. Appreciate it. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. That's enough Star Trek and space <laughs> Jews for one night. Uh, wow. Uh, Tom is up next. Tom, are you there? Are you here to talk Star Trek? 
Or circumcision. Those are your choices, Tom. Yeah. No? No? I got nothing. Can you hear anything? Nope. Okay, let's see if we can get Tom back later. Let's try Batman in the meantime. Batman, are you there? I am. Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Really Good. well. I'm just getting your mic is really low for me though. I'm gonna boost you as much as I can, but I might can you get it up any louder? I'm gonna try. Let me see. Or just talk closer to it or loudly, that might help. Yeah. Is this any better? Uh better. That's we can work with it. All right. Well, um, you know, today was really good, Matt. Oh, thanks. Um, and very much up my alley since this is the, essentially the topic that I won't shut the fuck up about. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't have, the, I don't have the answers to these topics, but we need to think about them more. It's like, and it's going to be really interesting if, if they uh, actually try to reinstall this mandate are the same people who cheered going to put the damn mask right back on the second that they're told yeah. to. Well, I think a lot of them will. Uh because um, I don't exclude myself, by the way, I've complied with a lot of this. I'm not acting like, oh, you guys suck because you comply. You know, I've done it, too. I just wonder what are the standards? I just think we need to think more critically about this. We're not setting our own standards. Mm-hmm. Well, I have basically. I think I took off my mask for the last time, like maybe six months ago, and I never mm-hmm. put it back on. And yeah. If people come up to me and try and scream at me about that. I just start breathing on them. <laughs> have you actually done this that's happened no i haven't oh. no i haven't but you should um, i cough in people's faces sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to remember the last time i actually wore a mask um oh it's when we we uh it's when we take our kid to the pediatrician they still make yeah. us yeah mm. yeah so that was well, like i, can, I think I definitely that, understand why that would be a, an exception that you would Fuck that. It it is really annoying. And to be honest, there are multiple reasons why I I'm not sure that we're going to the to the right spot for pediatrics. That would be one of them, and hopefully it's gone by the next time that we go in. Um Right. Hopefully you just go to a new place and and you know, ask them, Hey, are you going to um are you gonna deal in face diapers or are you going to um you know, accept my middle finger and I'll take my business elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's I also more or less been my approach to all this stuff, but I also don't have a kid. Yeah, and it's um, I know it's a minor distinction, but at this point, it is the decision of the healthcare system, and that doesn't mean that I agree with it, and I think that they should do away with it, and hopefully they will. But I also think it's a little bit different than the airline thing in that the airlines themselves actually oppose this, aren't willing to tell Biden to stuff it, and are willing to instead enforce it on you like this health system that asks us to, to wear a mask when we take our son to the pediatrician that's their genuine will and i have all yep. sorts of questions about that obviously but it's it's it is different than than uh some than either the governor or the president forcing that on them and then them even though they oppose it turning around and forcing it on me yeah right but you know at the end of the day this what this did come you know sort of as a top-down order yeah right well, and they, what are they following? CDC the, guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, the CDC through Fauci has held every possible position. He's simultaneously always correct and always wrong because he's taken both sides of every single issue. Yeah. Yeah. He's Schrodinger's health decision. So, yeah. you know, it's it's really clear that they, they're just using that, using the CDC at this point to... um. You know, get people to 
bend over and take it like good little boys and girls. And that's what they're uh. fighting for with, with this appeal. They've, they've kind of, at least the reports I've seen, they're basically saying we don't actually care about fighting for the mask mandate on planes again. What we care about is fighting for the CDC's ability to dictate whatever the hell they want, whenever yeah. they want. Yeah, Cause we they, know we're going to use that in the future. Yeah. They definitely um, said the quiet part out loud with that. And I think the, the best point that you made in that video was the fact that, um, you know, when, criminals break laws they go to jail yeah the victims don't celebrate that they are not no longer being victimized they celebrate the application of justice yeah so who given that these people hold you know sources of authority yeah at this point uh who is left to hold them accountable for the fact that they have taken unlawful action and us the people correct yes exactly yeah when does that start? When does that start? <laughs> Seriously, what I, is it going to take uh, for, for people to do this? And I know that I can't bitch about it because I'm actually not going to take up arms because I'm a woman and I'm pretty worthless in that regard. But like, seriously, was it, what is it going to take? Are people going to have to be, um, is it the door-to-door kind of operations from the federal government? Is that going to be what it takes? I think what it's going to take is a repeat of history, which is going to be, oh, uh, what's going to cause the organizing you're asking? Not, yeah. uh, um, oh, well, um, I, I, yeah, it, it should have, it should have happened already. January of last year. Yeah, it should have happened Well, already. yeah, I mean, they totally thwarted the ability of any of us to organize. I mean. But we did. Did organize? We did. We, we got this close. The only problem was we weren't willing to pull the fucking trigger. Well, I January think, 6th was an, a disorganized clusterfuck disaster yeah. run by people that were trolling. It was it, it was a total disaster, not because it, we it, actually did anything or affected any kind of change, but because if we were going to break into the Capitol, like, we should have been systematically killing politicians, not like smearing well, shit on the walls Hypothetically, in a great work of fiction coming out soon, Susan. If it was going to happen, that's what people should have done. Available at Barnes & Noble. No, but they like went in there and then they just did, they didn't just fucked around. It's like, yeah. like why even bother? Yeah, well, I went in high on psilocybin wearing Chewbacca costumes and painted faces. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that does not a revolution there. make. Exactly. And that was totally just theoretical. This is so why it is the Wednesday show. Not Susan, directive. Uh, Susan would put ads on this if it was on Sunday that she would. She'd be all I'm just saying it. it was entirely pointless and it gave them an opportunity to to squelch any sort if of militia we were going formation to go as far as we did we needed to go all the way yeah it, it the as we talked about at the time the answer there was a lot of like at the time of january 6th there was a lot of talk of this is never the answer well clearly that's not true because we had a revolution over this sort of thing and we generally agree that was the correct course of action at that point in history also if this well, sort of thing is never the answer you're telling you that america sucks now well, yeah, America but generally there are people who think they, this was coming from people who think America doesn't suck. These were com- this was coming from pro-America people. And if you think that that's never the answer, you'd 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 surrender your firearms, I suppose. Um, they wouldn't yeah. necessarily what have a, a preposterous statement that violence is never the answer to it's, anything. It's clearly wrong. It's absolutely retarded. But it's frequently the answer. It's frequently the only answer. It, it, it has a lot of moral qualifiers, though. And one of those, I think, is to. Um, is is to articulate all of your in this context it's to do exactly what the founders did and articulate their grievances and give an opportunity to walk away and if they come after you well then they come after you in this case we didn't this was just a disorganized mob of 
costumed people like you're talking about. There wasn't really a clear message. There wasn't a clear articulation. And I think that's in large part why it's unsuccessful, because if you don't know why people are doing things or why they're walking away, it's hard to agree or disagree. You just see the the viral images and you say, that's bad. I'm out. But the real question is, do you act until do you, do you wait to act until a, an egregious action of violence has been uh, perpetrated against you? It already uh, has. But a lot of people would disagree with that, Skag included. Uh, that that violence has been perpetrated against us? Against Our, us as individuals. I, I think that if you felt like the government was going to kill your family, you'd be taking up yeah. arms. You clearly well, don't I, feel like that yet. I think there Which are also... why they're using stupid people in cities to do it. Uh, yeah, that's, tr- that's mm. true. That's uh, true. I mean, I... Certainly, I live in a place where that has not happened. We've not seen that sort of mass rioting. But has have our rights been violated uh, sufficiently to say, no, we're not participating in this anymore? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the, I'm not talking about non-participation. You mean like counterattack? Yeah, I'm talking about counterattack. And yeah. if we were serious about non-participation, none of us would be paying taxes. And all of us are. Well, that is, that is uh, I think, the best way to to uh, enact some of this stuff. If you could get an interstate compact to stop paying taxes to the federal government and make them come after you, could they do it? You know, what's fucking horseshit that I have to pay taxes so that they can increase the level of monitoring that they levy on me. Yes, <laughs> correct. Yeah. They hate the you. That power takes. They hate, they hate you, but they have to trap you and hold you captive and make sure that you can't leave. Yeah. And then I can't, and then I have to pay taxes because the IRS will will come after me specifically. If well, all of us did it, though, that's the thing. Yeah, they, they, if we had a a, a a mass of people or some interstate agreement where you dared them to come and get you and told them we will defend ourselves if you try, uh, I'd like to see how that plays out. I, I don't yeah. know so what would happen. Need, what we what do we need to make that happen though? Right? You because need. We already know this is what this is what needs to be done. Do we need a V figure to show up and say next uh, next April the fifteenth? Tell the feds to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. yeah you really. need a mass level organization. And the trouble, to Blonde's point, is they have such a surveillance state set up that organizing that sort of thing, um, even though you're squarely within your rights to do it, as far as I'm concerned, is all but a practical impossibility. And so, ironically, even though what we're talking about here is trying to uh, trying to pursue a peaceful end by defending our rights, it will it will be thwarted, which leaves what as the only solution: uh, violence. Yeah, yeah that's nope. what I was going to bring up. So we we already know that that's 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 going to be how this works out, right? Uh, They've I, doubled I, down and doubled down and doubled down again. Um, yeah. Every time that we try to protest or you know make our voices heard or all, you know, all of the all of the the avenues that don't end um, by watering the tree, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, we've traveled down those paths already, right? A lot of them. What are yeah. we waiting for? Uh, I think the only thing that we're waiting for is that sort of organization that we're talking about. But it, it's very. We difficult can't do it. The feds infiltrate everything. It makes yeah. it impossible. Batman's probably a fed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but this this Whitmer out. thing was yeah. somewhat illuminating. And I, who was paranoid of Fed presence, I was like, holy shit, they're everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. All right. Well, well, like the like you guys always say that one of you is probably a Fed, right? That's it's, it's uh, it's all but a guarantee. And I just don't know which one of us it is. Fed, 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 <laughs> Fed, 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 Fed. I busted up laughing when you said 
Am I a fed? It's, Would uh, I know if I was a fed? One of the great I'm really lines. paranoid. Yeah. I'll see you later. All right. Thank you for All the right. call, man. Appreciate it. Of course. You all have a good night. You as well. You too. Okay. We got time for a couple more here. Let's try Tom again. Tom, are you there? Tom. Yes, I am. Well, there um, we go. Uh, you getting this time? Yeah. Gotcha. Thanks for what your patience. awesome name. Well, thank you. What's on your mind? Okay. Uh, so let's talk about today is 420. Yeah. And, and in uh, New Jersey, today is the first day of legal uh, marijuana purchase for recreational use. Oh, they really did that. Uh, not well, that I, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to hate on the legal standard, I guess, but legal pot on 420. They really did that. It's just so. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't actually schedule it, but it's the the stores in my area, at least, are, uh, are available to to sell it today, starting yeah. today. I don't know whether they actually planned it that way or whether it was uh, just just happened to be that way. But, you know, uh, I'm really having second thoughts too. It's we we legalized in Montana starting in January, and I voted for legalization because I just number one, I don't I, I think you're within your rights to consume it if you want to, and I don't necessarily think it's a great use of state resources to try to fight it. But on the other side. All of a sudden, every other building in out of city limits, Gallatin County, where I live, is yeah. Montana Kush 420. Get Rocky Mountain High. Stop it. Like, oh, cool. Good for you. So I don't know. Should, did I did I do the wrong thing? Did I vote the wrong way? Was this uh, was this a mistake? I think that it's made my community, if nothing else, cheesier and certainly higher. Yeah. Um, was was that wrong? But do, do I want those people in jail? Right. I don't know. Probably not. But they still annoy well, me. Well, it, it's the marketing to the to the uh, the hip crowd. You know, if, it, that's, that's the only reason you're seeing all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's it's new. It's edgy. It's like okay, now we can bring them in, and we have to advertise for it somehow. So we're gonna well, and it's like there are so many of them trying to capitalize that they have to out compete out ridiculous the other ones and so it just gets really annoying but what's what's what were the what were the scenes like in new jersey oh i don't know i haven't i haven't gone there yet i'm gonna i gotta probably i don't i'm right now i'm i'm good i don't need to to actually go but i'll i'll let the crowds uh dissipate a little bit but hmm. it, it would just be so i don't know such a relief to be able to actually walk into some place and and talk to quote unquote knowledgeable people about things that I've experienced for for decades, you know, and not really had anybody to talk about. Mm. So yeah. to you know, it's just it'll be such a it'll be fun to do it the first time, and I may not even end up using that regularly. I may. Just go back to my previous sources. I probably will. But uh, I don't know. It would just, like I said, it'll be a relief. It'll be it'll hmm. be nice to be legal and not have to be always concerned about what I'm doing. Yeah, and I, I'm totally sympathetic with that. I, 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 oddly enough, I feel not that they're totally comparable, but my experience has been somewhat similar. It's like with the... With all the um, gay marriage and gay rights stuff, it was sold to me as like, I just want to be left alone to do this. Okay, yeah. fine. I'm with you there. 
And now I feel like there are metaphorical gay billboards everywhere I look in my my life, sometimes literal ones, I'm sure. But the, the weed thing has been similar too, where it's like, okay, you want to be left alone to do this? Fine. I don't really care. Um, and then all of a sudden, every other billboard, every other business is uh, some flashing green sign about coming here to get the the finest Kush in Gallatin County. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. It's it's like, is it possible? I, I'm not saying they're the exact same thing, but it's it's by tolerate by just simply agreeing to tolerate something. Why does it have to be thrown in my face all the time? Like why isn't the why isn't there the middle ground that we all I thought the bargain was. I don't care that you do this. Go ahead. Just it's not for me. But now it's in my face everywhere I look. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just going to be. It's just the latest thing. Yeah. You it know, probably will die down. Right. Then it'll be some new famous, new uh, latest thing, and or or you'll just you'll get used to having to see it all the time. So it won't you it won't impinge on your consciousness. Probably. You're probably right that there's a whole bunch of. I'm sure there are a whole bunch of people trying to capitalize right now. And they right. have to get that establishment and they got to beat that other guy and and get as much of the market as they can. So it's it's gone <laughs> to ridiculous lengths. Somebody in the live chat just said weed is corny now. That's how I feel. It's it like, is. Yeah. When I smoked weed, it was cool. Yeah. And subversive. And now everybody's doing it. And right. It's lame. That, that's a perfect way to put it. That, that's exact. It's it's um yeah, it's like uh, mainstream. Now, you know? It is mainstream. Yeah. Whereas I was secretly waking up and eating 70 milligrams of edibles before going to work every day. <laughs> I was a real stoner, guys. Well, there was real a lot stoner. of, um, I've heard people talk about gay culture and stuff this way too. Like back when yeah. it was underground, it was cool. But now. To put it in my boyfriend's ass. <laughs> it was so cool. But now it's like, uh, now the gay community has become, you know, they're complete with their picket fence and yeah, their golden retriever and it's not edgy anymore. So. Right. I, I miss smoking pot. So fun. Is it legal I, in Idaho, other, uh, or is it uh, still banned? I don't even know. I think it's I a, illegal. I don't I think don't it's legal. Like, it but I'm so close to Spokane that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. If if I were to smoke weed, which I'm I'm not, I'm done for life. I think that's how the feds are going to get you. Uh, actually, in Idaho, fully legal for any use. So what? Yeah, I'm surprised by that. Wow, I didn't even know that. In February 2021, I think they made that change. Hmm. It looks well, like. the, uh, the the thing I'm looking sort of looking forward to is I've never really been able to do edibles. What? Why? I, well, I I didn't know I didn't know how to make them myself, and I didn't know anybody that made them. I didn't, and my source was just for weed, so it wasn't I wasn't able to get edibles. So it's just something I'll I'll give it a try and and what? see how that works. I have a bomb ra brownie recipe that I made back in the day all the time. Is this is this trolling here? This is real news on the Idaho uh, cannabis laws. February third, twenty twenty one, as a response to the legalization of cannabis in surrounding states, the Idaho Senate approved a constitutional amendment introduced by C. Scott Grow. Is the name <laughs> of the senator who achieved this? Maybe that can't Maybe real. C. Scott Grow, Cecil Scott Grow, is an American politician, state senator for Idaho's District 14. Scott Grow is responsible. C. Scott Grow is responsible for Idaho legalization. What? Good for you, Mr. Grow. He's from although Eagle. it's making society worse. I don't know how I feel about this. Wow, interesting. And he's a Republican as well. Hmm. Uh, and Mormon. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, Republicans aren't necessarily against 
against weed. No, I it's mean, kind I, of. I, I come from the more libertarian side, but yeah, you know, I could see Republicans being sort of a uh, hands-off sort of thing on it. Yeah, yeah, it, I think that. Uh, well, I think it's one of those split issues these days where there are some who, but I think it's certainly. Uh, more that legalization is more popular in the party than it ever has been. I'm sure. Sure. But, uh, all right. Um, any other thoughts before we let you go? Uh, no, I, my only other thought would be about, about heaven and hell. And, and I think that's a topic for another day. It sounds like probably more than we can handle at the moment. You're right. Right. All right. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye. Okay, uh, let's see. We do have a couple. We'll probably be able to get through Mustache Asian here. We'll give Mustache Asian last word. Oh, hey. So, yeah, I finally never got in, but yeah. Hey. So, uh, What's uh, Batman always get in, though? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, what about Batman? I, I broke up Batman a little bit. Get in. Uh, How does Batman always get in? I don't know. He works his. Uh, he pays us off. He works his fancy voice with uh, dangerous spaces and finds his way in here. I don't know. Yeah, that half Japanese. Half Taiwanese son of the bitch. Yeah, I, I forgot that. I, for, I forgot yeah. that he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. So I mean, and moments Macy just want to talk about. You, you guys heard of the uh, the Russian crew that got sunk recently? Yeah, I did. I yeah, it was the vaccine. What? No, nah, it got got hit by two two uh, uh, Ukrainian indigenous cruise missiles. But they were Russia was saying that they accidentally blew up a bunch of uh, like ammunition on board the. Uh, the ship or something. Oh, I was thinking about those, that Navy vessel where three people were killed. I thought that's no. what you're talking about for a second. Oh um, yeah. I don't know that so, one. Yeah, those people, I bet it was, I think it was two dudes and a chick. I bet they were, they had just taken the vaccine. <laughs> oh yeah. That I, for, yeah, I do remember that story, but I didn't look much into it. Oh, you yeah. were talking about a Ukrainian vessel that got no, a Russian, a big Russian, Russian ship yeah. and it sank. And Ukraine's report is that they hit it with a couple of missiles and Russia's report is that they accidentally right. detonated a whole bunch of ammo and other explosives on the mm. ship. And that's As why always, we'll never know. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you never know. Even but U.S. Yeah. Intel said they didn't know. They said we can't confirm or deny Ukraine's report of missile strike. Yeah, but supposedly they counterstruck the, uh, the supposedly the manufacturing plant that made those missiles. The Russians hit it back. Oh. Where was like, the plant? Are you, as a near Kiev, somewhere, okay. somewhere, I think. Yeah, so I think they're kind of like the whole thing just made me kind of like, oh, I kind of thought Russians are pretty based, but I don't know. They just seem very incompetent the whole time. Well, now we got it. That's why we got to send a billion more dollars or whatever to Ukraine because they just had a munitions factory destroyed. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, but that kind of kind of transferred over to China too because I've been watching a lot of like. Chinese like dissidents overseas. Some mm -hmm. live in Italy, some live in U.S., and they're like, China has the same issue because the whole military actually since the '80s have been doing business because the uh, the government cut the uh, the military spending, and so you guys have to fend for yourselves. You have to make your own money. Mm -hmm. So one is uh, directly owning corporations, and the other is uh, uh, it, um, basically smuggling. They smuggle directly using military ships. So, yeah, so mm. that's the issue with discipline, right? So, and that's one of the reasons why they are just mostly just talking or like like threatening, but not really fighting for yeah. like years, for decades. So, I don't know, like just 
the whole thing is like, oh yeah, so if you have a dictator on top, you have to have a bunch of idiots underneath to have a dictatorship work, just like with Putin, like where people are, I think people are kind of lying to him over the whole intel, right? That's why their first move trying to take Kiev's airport failed because they didn't know that they would be fighting this hard hmm. right from the get-go. So it's like, yeah, so I'm just kind of like kind of disillusioned with Russians a little bit because I used to think that they're pretty based overall, but I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. Yeah, it's like no country is perfect, I guess. I just have such a difficult time identifying what's true and what's false with what's going over on over there. And I also, not that I dismiss the harsh reality of it, but the degree to which it's being emphasized over the harsh realities that exist in our country, Mm -hmm. I just can't overlook. And, and for, for me, it's like, man, I would have to spend so much time to learn about Russia and Ukraine at the expense of ignoring all of the problems that are happening in our country. And I've kind of like, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I've kind of, given up trying to understand what's even going on over there yeah. you know yeah yeah I mean, and maybe I, that's I a mistake like, you know i just I, I i just don't know what to think about any of it yeah it's kind of weird because they send like 200 men in helicopters straight in without any support and without suppressing any you know uh anti ukrainian anti-air yeah and they just got overwhelmed at the end it's like where you where, where are the backups so the whole thing just Went went to shit, and now it turns into a war of attrition. So it could have been yeah. really quick, just like you know the the desert the desert storm, right? yeah, or the yeah, where they where U.S. was actually accurate with all their cruise missiles, yeah, but Russia is just never really accurate with cruise missiles, so effectiveness is not never there. Hmm. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, just my well, thanks for the summary about it. Yeah, I I, uh, I appreciate it. Anything else before we uh, let you go? Uh. No, just you know. Hopefully, I can get a job soon. But yeah, uh, I forget. To, are you still in Seattle, or did you leave? I'm still in Seattle. I was ah. in talks with a company in Pennsylvania, but they, that's right. That's right. You know, found out my my pass, and they were like, "No." They found out your pass. Oh, uh, right. We we discussed this yeah. previously, right? So yeah. So, but I don't know. It's I guess it is what it is, and we'll see. Well, what happens next? Man, yeah. best of luck. luck. Keep us posted. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, have a good the, night. The other opportunity is in Detroit, actually, so near Phoenix. Oh. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Ammo. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe you can. I don't know. I don't know if Phoenix is hiring. Maybe you could try that angle too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. They might need All a right. new meme manager over there if you if you can handle that. Multicultural meme manager. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Thank you, man. So. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. Okay, that will uh, that'll do it on calls tonight. Appreciate all of our callers. And uh, if you weren't able to make it in tonight, appreciate your patience as well. Um, if you are looking to participate in the show, but you can't participate live or you're having trouble getting in live, send us an email question again. You can do that through the call-in show form on the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact look for the call-in show question form take those questions at the end of the stream each week as we will right now first one up is but flanagan you accepted that name huh yeah i took it yeah um, how do you guys feel about american i took it i wish, I wish I <laughs> how do you guys feel about american oligarchs um um I, I guess i would need a definition of the term i mean i gather i understand what that means in the broad sense but, uh, when I think about it, it's like rich elites with political power. Yeah. Often subversive. 
Um, what do I think? When I think of American oligarchs, I think of of technocrats. Hmm. I think of Jeff Bezos and yeah, Bill Gates. What do I think of them? I mean, I wish we could redistribute their power. I sound like a communist, but there's <laughs> there's not much we can do as long as we're all on their platforms. Well, and that's the thing. It's a um, I, I don't begrudge anybody for their wealth, generally speaking. In fact, I people who achieve uh, a large amount of success for the most part, uh, not always, but for the most part, have created something of incredible value that people mm-hmm. love and consume. And and that's how you earn and build that that wealth. So I don't I don't have any hatred for any of that. The side effect, though, is when we the more power we concentrate in one place politically, like Washington, D.C., and the more the more power that comes out of the pla- uh, out of that place to regulate everything under the sun. Of course, people who have the ability to and the resources to exert yeah. a whole bunch of influence are going to have close relationships with those mm-hmm. power centers. And so, I my answer is not uh, obviously seize their wealth and redistribute it or something. It is uh, make sure that that those power centers are much more decentralized, so that the it's if power is properly placed in fifty state capitals. Yeah, you might have one guy who wields too much power in New York or California or even maybe a combination of states. It's not unachievable, but it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to organize and dominate all of those decentralized centers, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, but than it is to just go to D.C. and lobby or just become really good friends with a few particular people and exert massive levels of influence on everybody. So. Um, my answer to this is more political than, say, property based. Yeah. If we wanted to correct some of the the flaws that we're encountering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric K. With the 29th anniversary of the ATF siege on the Branch Davidian Church outside of Waco, I'm curious: Have either of you uh, ever watched Waco Rules of Engagement or Waco: A New Revelation? Were those documentaries? Because I did watch the Waco series with the Culkin in it, which was. Excellent. And Julia Garner. That one was really good. These sound like Star Trek series to me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've watched either of them. That one is obviously dramatized. The one that we're talking about. But Mm -hmm. as I mentioned, uh, you can watch that drama, that uh, dramatized version with Macaulay's brother or whoever it was. Um, And the whole time I was watching it, I thought that's they're embellishing that. That's got to be bullshit. Come on. And then you look it up real. It's by and large an accurate retelling yep so i haven't seen those but maybe i should i should probably uh i should probably recognize the anniversary recognize the holiday i I saw speaking of phoenix ammo i saw him tweeting out earlier today that you forget that it's it's i think it's the 29 year anniversary of around that time they killed dozens of women and children and men because they had the premise again it was not david koresh's underage dating though that may be Bad and wrong. I, I can grant that. It's, it's irrelevant when it's you're killing the, all the kids. Yeah. It's also not the ATF's you know, jurisdiction. Job, yeah. The whole premise of the raid was that they had, they thought they had it. I don't even know if it was ever proven. They thought they had the wrong shapes of metal that could convert ARs into full auto. That was the whole premise for the raid. Ugh, absurd. Eric also said, with the siege of Ruby Ridge 30th anniversary, how much of the story do you know? Were you aware the entire reason they targeted Randy Weaver was because he cl- declined a request to be an FBI informant to infiltrate a white supremacist I did not director. know that. That's interesting. I did know that. After two years of harassing him to cut the shotgun barrel too short, 
They told him the gun charge would go away if he agreed to be their informant. Uh, And he said no. And he said no, yeah. I did not know that part of the history. I'll have to look into that. Poor Randy Weaver. And and it's like, has that much changed since Ruby Ridge or Waco, or have they just refined their tactics? Have they just cleaned up the mess a little bit? Have they really refined their tactics? Well, I, I think that to the extent they're at least not burning dozens of women and children in blatantly obvious ways, they've refined the tactics. They've refined the tactics from the absolute mess that they were. But that doesn't mean that they aren't doing the same sort of underhanded nonsense. And that's, that's true. that everything that went wrong that day still exists. It's just maybe they've they've um, cleaned up some of the consequences. Agnostic Gnostic says the grooming predates John Harvey Kellogg and Canon. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Canon? Canon? I don't know the reference. Societal control and manufactured consent of male disposability through mutilative dulling and the premise of being made whole, even metaphorically. Is it possible to keep infant cosmetic circumcision legal and win the trans kids fight? This We've referenced this before that um, or people have uh, brought up the parallels on that. That um, what are, well... I guess the question that was brought up was how do those who oppose transgender surgeries for children and are in favor of, um, of circumcision square, how, that circle. how do they square yeah. it? That was, yeah, I don't what was know. Presented. I don't know how you could possibly hold those two ideologies without any cognitive dissonance. Um, I mean the argument that to steal me on this, the argument that I've heard from people is like, well, you give consent to medical procedures for your child before they can give consent all the time. Yeah, that's true. But if you did it for unnecessary procedures, people would say you had Munchausen's by proxy and there is no medical benefit to circumcision. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that a reasonable person could hold both of these views simultaneously. The, obviously there are severe consequences to a, a botched circumcision and people would say there are severe consequences to a properly conducted one. Um, I don't know that I would say that it's the exact same thing as the gender transition to the extent that the, at least in my opinion, the consequences for the gender transition surgery are much more severe. You're talking about sterilization in many contexts and other, Mm. not that, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, diminish the circumcision criticisms. I just think they're a little bit different, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's right either. You know, you're arguing degrees of bad, I suppose, in that in that context. But um, but yeah, I, I, I I'm trying to do the best to steel man it as I can. I wonder if there's an argument that I'm missing from someone who would want to make it. But I don't know. I got some, <coughs> a frog in my throat or something. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, is it my turn? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, additional thoughts on that? Nope. Uh... I think I've said enough. Joshua, hello, Mr. Christensen. If states leave the union, what currency will those states that left use? Uh, Hopefully precious metal and or crypto and or ammo. Ammo. Something that's (laughs) not centrally controlled. You know, that'd that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But would they get together? I guess the question is, would those states get together and establish their own currency or would they latch Mm -hmm. on to something that already exists? Right. I don't know. I guess I haven't thought a lot about that, but to me, if if we actually had a, a successful and amicable divorce and had a whole 
new set of states that agreed to cooperate in something that is more aligned with the original constitution. Um, well, the constitution grants uh, the federal government the ability to to coin money, but we mm-hmm. deviated from that. What What is it that backs the money? That's where we deviate. Right. It's not that we can't have a currency. It's just what backs the currency. But if we just signed up for the same sort of nonsense where we print out meaningless paper that's not really backed by anything, it's like, why did we leave in in the first place? So mm-hmm. uh, literally anything but the unbacked paper dollar would be great. I, yeah. <laughs> I would sign up for pretty much anything other than that. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. All right. Uh, it's a prob, says Blonde, <laughs> not Matt. Well, thank you. Uh, black on black crime is the obvious little discussed problem in America. How would you solve male black on black crime? Uh, male black on black crime? I mean, the, my answer to this is always the same. If you fix the nuclear family, uh, disincentivize welfare dependence, you can markedly reduce crime. I think a lot of the crime in the black community is um, genetic. Mm. A lot of it. I That's think a, a lot of it's take. All right. It's the the warrior gene. It's um like tribal culture within inner cities and things like that. Um, but you can reduce that to a significant degree by having a hearty um, nuclear family. Look how look how well uh, the black community was doing in the forties. You know they had a lower divorce rate than white people in the forties. Yeah, no one certain- was on welfare. It has changed over time. I, I want to look this. I heard someone say recently, and I've not checked uh, whatever source it was that was cited to make this claim, but I wonder if it's true. Th- th- this, I wish I could remember who said it or where I read it, but I can't. Uh, anyway, the claim was that if you control for single parent. Uh, in, Is crime the same? It was it. It said either the same or very close between white and black. And I don't know if that's true or not, um, but I, and I. I it's possible that it's true. It's possible that it's not. But I guarantee in both circumstances, regardless of race, single family is a big or single parent uh, household. I'm sure it's is, a huge factor. Yeah, I'm sure it's a a drastically worsening factor for either race. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that's kind of a cop out answer, but I, I really believe that 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 would uh, contribute to the decrease in crime in the black community, especially amongst Male. I mean, isn't most black black crime black that's and black, was, black male and male crime? That's why I was curious about the question because it said specifically male, and of course, the commonly cited statistics about fifty um, percent of the murders and all that. It's it, thirteen fifty is the meme number, right? But really, it's it's six or seven fifty uh, because it is almost exclusively male. When you're talking about murders and other serious crimes, it's not never, but it's less commonly women committing those crimes. And that is also true regardless of race. Um, there's a reason that that prisons tend to be disproportionately male uh, or prisoners, I should say. But these days, prisons all run together, as we talked about with New Jersey men, women, they all go in the same place. But. Um, but, yeah, I, so I wonder you're ignoring the whoever asked that question, you're ignoring the elephant in the room. How do we solve black on black female crime? We really got to get that <laughs> under control. I've yeah, seen really. some videos. Did you see the ones in Miami? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, that, that it, it is a problem. These women like beat the shit out of each other, pull each other's weave out. Oh, yeah. It, with any chick fight, the grabbing of the back of the head hair and the uppercut punch. But the bonus with a lot of these fights of color is that wigs, weaves, hair pieces, 
they tend to fall off and become we need our weave. They, they become decorations or uh they're just, oh, they're no, just you can, have about. you ever seen one where you just like they take it off and then they whip the girl with her i've own not weave? seen that the oh, one in okay. Miami, the footage I saw, these chicks had their their tops totally ripped off. They were walking <laughs> around fighting each other with their like exposed nipples and all. And they were so I like pissed. It. I, I like mean, this it. was if women yeah. are going to fight, they should be topless. We can That's, we all agree on that. They were just tearing each other apart. <laughs> Michael Schlecht says fourth time's a charm. And I, I do apologize to Michael because I I referenced him without naming him last week, but he has had some trouble. Uh, getting through because his no, name I kept been... reading the question and then I um I was like we already answered this. Oh, that didn't one? we answer a question? Yes, that's why I oh, was I th- like I'm sure we answered this question. We were of the understanding that his names were too. Uh, I don't know. They were they were you thought they were traps or they were too. No, I've read this question like four times and I'm like, we fucking answered this, Michael Schleck. But I think it was just a similar question. Got it. OK, well, our apology to Michael. Uh, there Sorry. are a myriad of contradictions that are ingrained into the fabric of the modern leftist platform. Global homos being incessantly obsessed with hyper individuality and demanding more immigration, but fawning over other cultures. Uh, the pedophilic elite being pro baby killing <laughs> Steinberg's wanting to raise taxes. <laughs> okay. What other blatantly contradictory <clears throat> lefty policies grind your gears? Well, holy cow. Um, you, you got a lot of, uh, a good ones here. I'm trying to think, um, well, the, really the ones lately that are, that piss me off the most are the gun ones. Like, mm. like for example, uh, an AR 15 is the, the deadliest weapon ever conceived, but also totally useless against the government. And also yeah. nobody has any legitimate use for these, but we need your money to send them to Ukraine because they have legitimate use for them. Yeah. And yeah, people yeah. like to say, well, that's their, it, it's a military conflict. They're, they are giving rifles to civilians in Ukraine, and they have been since day one. People who are um, learning how to shoot for the first time are walking around with automatic weapons on your dime. Yeah, that's true. Uh, mine would have to be this um, supporting transgender men in women's spheres. Oh, yeah. That's that just causing the destruction of all of these um, female female spheres. I mean, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. But it is such an obvious contradiction that I like I, I just don't even understand how they could possibly right fight for women's opportunity and equality only to destroy women's opportunity and uh, equality. equality. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mr. Let's see. Yeah. Putler's Butler. Just curious how you and <laughs> you and Blonde got together for your podcast. Also, what influence the demographic locations of your childhoods have on the path of your careers? For instance, growing up in Alaska, I learned to love the outdoors Ah. and now run a sporting goods store. Um, Growing up in St. Louis, in the suburbs of St. Louis, where there was inner city busing. Hmm. You're being very thoughtful. I like this. (laughs) I learned the consequences of mandatory integration of huh. vastly different socioeconomic backgrounds mm. and racial backgrounds. Wow. How remarkably careful. Uh, and how do we get together for our podcast? We just did like one episode together. It was just an interview. And then we were like, this could be a thing. Yeah, that's the the short version. The long version is I did a crappy video game podcast that fell apart and I knew I wanted to get back into um, 
this sort of sphere and do like a news oriented show because that's the direction that my channel was going. I just needed the right person to team up with and, and the right person who wanted the thing about building a stream in particular is you have to be regular. It's got to be same time and you never miss or almost never miss. You're always there. And so the opportunity came up after after we did kind of just a one time stream. People seem to like it. And uh, that's how it was born was, OK, well, we could do this every Sunday uh, if you're in. And and we agreed and we were in. So we've been doing it for almost six years now. Six years in like a week, two weeks. End of like, yeah, mid-May, end of May. Yeah, it was beginning of May. Was it that early? We're coming up on the year anniversary of the movie review bit, too, because we started that in May of last year. So Wow, people hate that. Um, I don't feel – actually, I don't feel like um, my the locations of my upbringing had anything to do with uh, what I do now. I don't th- – I well, no, because even when I was – when I actually uh, was quote-unquote red-pilled, to use the term, even though it's been you know, such a cliche thing the, these days, but I was not in a leftist place when that happened. I was actually back here. So when I was in the most left wing places of my life, I was one of them, although I don't know if I was fully insane, but I was one of them. So that didn't really contribute to what Maybe I did. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. Looking back, I could see the signs of the insanity. I can see it now, but but it wasn't telling like when I was in school and stuff, we had John Bolton speak on our college campus and people didn't I mean, they don't like him, but it was not like a shut it down type event. People went to listen. It was a saner yeah. time. Yeah, it was a saner time. Let's see. Blonde simmering rage against society. Is conquest immoral? If so, do we tend to idolize conquerors? And uh, why do we tend to idolize conquerors and take pride in the past conquests of our nations? Should not such history be demonized as in, as inherently as the left claims? Interesting. Uh, is conquest always wrong? Um. Uh... I don't know if we should be looking through it uh, through a moral lens. Is conquest always wrong? I don't know. Uh, is it sometimes necessary? Yes. And it's also part of human nature. It's it's just it's just part of us that we can't overcome. Some nations need to be conquered. Well, that's that's the thought that's circulating in my mind right now. Again, I know I always do this, but I do need a definition for the term, which is, you know, <laughs> I know that people are not going to put that in the question form, but what what I'm saying is like, for example, with the United States is conquest an appropriate term because whose property was conquered. There's, there's an argument that according to the labor theory of property, native Americans did not actually work the land that would make the land theirs. Well, they were nomadic and they didn't have a concept of property rights in the conventional sense. Right. So I guess my question is, mm-hmm. What defines property? Is it simply just you're there standing around or is there something? Do you have to actually apply your labor to the land to make it property? If I'm just on a spot of land, does it become my property? I I don't know. I'm not even saying that's wrong. But if you believe in the labor theory of property, that you actually have to apply your labor to that place and build it into something for it to be your property. Not a lot of that was going on. I think on an international scale, though, in order to move forward as as a species, there has to be some degree of conquest. The the there's only the so many of, so much space and so many resources. Yeah, right. The thing about conquest is we don't want to extinguish any given culture or homogenize hmm. it. 
Okay. Well, how do you, if conquest is all but inevitable, but every single culture has a right to exist uh, and a right to its own sort of space, how do you square those? It, it, what I is mean, a just conquest in that, in that context? <clears throat> like, uh, in theory, I like the reservation system. <laughs> I get what you're saying, but it's a hilarious quote. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I I, yeah. I like it. It's like, all right, well, you guys haven't invented the wheel. This is um, unworked land and you guys are warring nomadic tribes with no unifying factors in any in any meaningful way. You mm-hmm. haven't built any civilizations. It's like, all right, like you got to conquer those people. But. Do we want to extinguish them as a people? No. We want them to preserve their heritage. But they were unable to do that, likely because there's so many differences between tribes. Hmm. Uh, I, I agree that I, I agree that there were efforts of of preservation and that um if extinction was the true goal, it wasn't it wasn't very well achieved. Like extinction was certainly possible and yet it didn't happen. Uh, although to, to be fair. To be fair, a lot. I mean, there are a lot of extinct tribes. There are tribes that are gone and are gone forever. Um, yeah. But but as far as Native Americans as a broad group, they're certainly not gone. Um, and and that's because there was an effort to preserve the sort of heritage that you're talking about. And I, I agree that there's um, there is at least a, some kind of um, effort made there. The the problem, I mean, there's so many problems on reservations. Obviously, they are, you drive through the reservations in Montana, they are comparatively hellholes. Yeah. And is it, I guess I'm supposed to believe that that's because that there's not enough income redistribution to the reservation, that we, it's just a matter of sending more and more money. But again, I always talk about this, like missing, missing and, um, uh, the the indigenous women thing that's big around here it's it's missing and and what's the other term but there women on the reservation are kidnapped and killed all the time mm-hmm. and the idea is that it's the rest of montana's fault somehow when in fact these reservations are sovereign areas they they you the only law enforcement that exists there exists at the permission and the pleasure of the tribe and the federal government if you're a state of montana police officer you can't just go in there and start enforcing the state of Mon- the state of Montana's laws. They have their own systems in almost every way. <laughs> How much money would it take to make these places successful metropolises? Well, what, what is the bottom there, line? No, there, there's no amount of money because Indians are not civilization builders. They never have been. I think that they, I think, I think anybody could be with the right value system. Ideally, but that's not but what they want. Exactly. They don't choose it. Right. So I think that the reservation system whereby Indians could live the way that they they want to live uh, as a nomadic people, I think that that, that well, would yeah. be more effective. They're I just su- trying to replicate a culture that they, they can't. That so they maybe we sacrifice live. one. Maybe we give back the state of Montana and say, this is Indian warland. You guys. No, I hate it. Uh, <laughs> just war each other to death. But when China <laughs> takes over America... They yeah. can put us all in Texas, and then we can just make Texas Disneyland. Ah. And then we'll all be happy, right? The reorganization of the U.S. is going to be great. <laughs> all right. Uh, holy cow. We still do have uh, a good chunk. Of, we'll probably have to hurry up here. Um, I, and my apology to the rest of the, the questions here, because we're probably just going to have to make time, because I didn't realize there were so many. So we'll do one answer each on the rest of them here. 
uh, question. I don't know who. Oh, uh, Kaz, Kazar. Wait, 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 wait. Kazar. Milkers. Why do women have? Why do women give mixed signals? This is, I'm just going to defer this one to you because you know the answer. Well, women give mixed signals because they want men to take control, mm. and probably because women are indecisive, um, and because she doesn't know if you're the best she can do, and because she has to act like she doesn't want to bang you to preserve the appearance of chastity. Hmm. Fair enough. That answer. All right. Rick, are you guys familiar at all with the history of nuclear near misses that have occurred over the last 50 years? Every person alive today probably owes their existence to cool head of Stanislav Petrov, yet a few people have ever heard of him. If we could rewind the tape of existence to 45 and press play, how many times out of 10 do we arrive at something like the modern era? How many times are we left with irradiated men eating the flesh of irradiated men? My guess is that it was 50-50 that we even made it here, but I'd love to hear your estimates. Um, I don't know. You know, something that I learned after having a child is to, I, I don't entertain, I never do this anymore, um, alternative potential histories. Mm. I don't, since I have a kid, I don't do it all. I always used to be like, oh, I wish I didn't do that thing. And I wish I wasn't such a worthless drunk, whatever. Um, but I don't do it anymore because all roads lead to Emmeline. So this just isn't a hypothetical that I ever go down. This is the reality we live in and I have to deal with it. Hmm. So I'm not really sure how, if I care how many near misses there have been. And my answer on near misses is I know almost nothing about the history. I actually had to Google the guy that you're talking about, Stanislav Petrov, and he is related to uh, a, a, well, a false alarm that almost went really bad. So, uh oh, what, what did happened? I just do? I just you can hit undo if you deleted oh, too much. All right, okay. yeah. Um, but to your point on probability, yeah, to the extent that these things are possible and the technology exists <laughs> for them to be enacted, is it really only a matter of time before either an intentional war or even an accidental one, as mm -hmm. as I guess was the case with this guy? Um, yeah, yeah, it is, but. I, I don't know whether that probability is greater or less than, say, a catastrophic uh, asteroid hitting us or something like that. It's it's certainly something to consider and to be prepared for. But I, I'm with you that I'm not going to live my life. Um, I'm not going to live my life afraid of every possible catastrophic outcome. Um, Something's going to kill us. And I'm, yeah. I'm not saying the question. I'm not saying you are, Rick, asking the question. It's just... Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons, whether it's for society at large or just you personally, that today might be all you have. The difference for me, if I die in nuclear apocalypse tomorrow or I die in a car crash tomorrow, I'm still dead. And today is all that I had personally for me. And and so I just that's kind of the attitude that I take with these things, too. It's just, you know, it's the most cliche advice possible. But live like there's no tomorrow. It's really true, uh. though. And that's. You're right, a, but I hate you. Yeah, well, I hate me too. <laughs> Thorn. Yeah. What happened to Gonzalo Lira, Coach mm. Redpill? Feel free to skip if you already mentioned it, but please give any thoughts you have on this if you haven't discussed it. As of Tuesday, he's been missing for two days. I, we talked about it a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I'm fingers crossed for elaborate publicity stunt, but I think it's 50-50 he's dead. Uh, in the interest of time, I'll just refer you to the top of the show where we talked about it because I don't have anything to say 
beyond that, but I will just repeat, if people didn't catch the beginning of the stream, the report that you shared with me, and this is according to Scott Ritter, former UN intelligence officer, who I don't even know if that's a real UN intelligence officer. Also, I, how would he know? Yeah, uh, it says that the uh, that Gonzo Lira, is it Gonzo or Gonzalo? Did he get his Gonzalo. name? So th- this report doesn't even have his name right. Oh. That tells you how reliable it is, but it says who resided in Kharkov, Ukraine, and who published online content critical of the Ukrainian government was kidnapped, tortured, and murdered by the Kraken unit, part of the Azov Battalion, affiliated with the Ukrainian Security Service. I have no way to verify that report, but that is what is circulating at the moment. Hmm. Maria says, the further I get into my faith journey and see the world around me in a different, or I see the world around me in a different light, the, the more I realize the most important duty is to have children and attempt to raise them with good values. I have two and recently started discussing having a third. My biggest hangup is that we live in a two bedroom house with no real ability to move. Housing market is similar to both of your areas and not able to build in the immediate future. Would you all grow your family, even if it meant tight living space for the immediate future, or would you call it quits after two and comfortable living space? Interesting scenario. No, I just keep having kids. Throw them on the pile. Your housing situation can change. Your fertility situation can't. So just that's true. Just get in there. Just figure it out. You know, people used to live in one room houses with like nine people in there. Yeah. This space thing is a weird American obsession. Look at how the Japanese live. Although they have like no kids. I would agree that if you know you want a larger family, certainly certainly there are financial or resource obstacles you might be facing right now. But if you know that's what you want, go for it. And, uh, you know, if you're a good parent, you will give all of those kids the best upbringing that you possibly can. So that would be my advice. And if I if I encounter this situation, I know that my wife and I have kind of agreed that we'd, we'd like to have three. That's the general consensus, though that could change. But. I'm going to run into the same problem in this house if we're still here, certainly by the time the third arrives. And even if we had faced a really difficult situation where I couldn't get space for us, like you said, I know that my wife only has a certain amount of time. I'm not going to who we try to wait for the perfect time. And all of a sudden, who knows what happens again? Live live for today. It's all stop. No, but if you um if you know you want those kids have those kids and you will you will find a way to care for them i guarantee you that and i i know that because of how, because of the way you write your question it's your first and foremost priority so i have no doubt that you'll succeed in that um all right miller's haircut do you think technology has made humans weaker as a species uh hmm. definitely definitely uh physically weaker or intellectually weaker or both um both yeah hmm I, well, I guess, how do you measure it too? On the one hand, we have more capabilities than we've ever had. Knowledge is immediately accessible. Technology enables us to do incredible things that were previously undoable. Yeah. So it's hard for me to say that we're weaker in capability, but strip us of, if strength is measured by what you are just as a biological being stripped of everything else, I don't, in that context, I I wouldn't be surprised. I have no doubt that we're physically weaker. We're more obese than ever. Uh, you know, we know the condition of men in this country. It's not great. Yeah. Um, into, I don't know what our intelligence level is. Has it, has that been negatively impacted by the fact that we don't have to think as much with our phones feeding us information all the time? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to learn that maybe we're a little bit dumber, but on the other side of it, 
with the assistance of technology, we can do incredible things. So I guess stripped of technology, we probably are weaker with technology, though. We're stronger than we ever have been as a species. If we just wield that technology in beneficial ways, which we we struggle to do. Ugh, I think we're we're just weak, sad. Well, I guess the po- people. I guess the point that I'm making is you could take a Spartan warrior, uh, or you know the the strongest physical warrior in the history of the world, and put him up against you know a guy in a tank, and it's not going to be a hard fight, yeah. you know. Yeah. But the question is, are we judging strength, including or excluding the tank? Yeah. I don't know. Did I read that? Uh, I think you're up to read this one. Joe Biden's invisible friend, dangerous spaces. That was the strangest thing. <laughs> um, let's talk about a really exciting topic this week, taxes. Firstly, am I missing something with the term loophole? Is there even such a thing if someone is utilizing tax laws as written? How is that a loophole as opposed to just following the law? But my bigger question is about people in Congress complaining about how a fair tax, tax the system is, about how fair the tax system is. They are the lawmakers if they don't like the current laws, write new laws. I guess my question is how can these morons get away with weaponizing complaints about laws when they themselves are literally in charge of changing, creating new laws? It would be like you guys complaining the Matt and Blonde stream are run poorly while ignoring the fact that you guys are the one in charge of running the shows. Anyways, thoughts. No, no. Blonde um, routinely says this show sucks. Your mistake. This show, this show does suck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the difference is that I'm just too lazy to do anything about it. Although that might that's be something same- I have in common with lawmakers. Yeah, it's exactly the same with the politicians. You're one um, of them. I think that there's a misconception about lawmakers holding all the power to make laws. They... They do like a – it should be done based on marketing research. Like like does the population truly want this? Is there a necessity for it? Hmm. Um, do their constituents, constituents really want it? Uh, if they aren't doing that, then I don't really care what some guy wants. I don't really want him to write law. If it's not representative of the general public, uh, then then why does it matter at all? But I get where you're coming from. Um can they really affect change in a meaningful way, though? Even lawmakers, can they? Uh, well, they. I. I would agree with the. Pre- yes, they can. I mean, they certainly can. They can pass all kinds of uh, sweeping reforms and do great benefit or great damage. But specifically from D.C., it's almost universally great damage. Um, in this context, why Any do individual they individual lawmaker? Well, it's up to individual lawmakers to assume leadership roles and get people on board with what it is they want to achieve. It, it's yeah. Any individual lawmaker holds just as much power as, as the others, and they all only get things done to the extent they cooperate with each other. And that requires leadership. So is it impossible? It's difficult to achieve by design and it should be. But why is it that they complain about X, Y and Z, but don't actually change X, Y and Z? It's because grievance is their currency. Grievance is how they retain their job. They sell you on a whole bunch of grievance premises and the idea that they're going to go fix it for you because that's what we've been conditioned to believe. I think, oh, there's something I don't like out there. Uh, generally, if only I send the right person in a suit to go fix it, they will. They're not going to tell you, yeah, the stuff that's in your life that sucks, a lot of it's your fault. You should probably fix it for yourself. Yeah. That's not how they get <clears> votes. <throat> and, you know, it's, I, I, I'm not saying that everything is our fault and we all ha- we have to fix it ourselves, fix everything ourselves and that politicians aren't to blame. But when we start adopting the philosophy that that 
there's a lot in our lives that we can fix personally. We don't actually need their help. We probably won't vote for people who sell us these grievances because we have, we have no use for it. You own yeah. your own life. You've built your own life. You don't need them. Yep. But that's not what they, that's not what they want. They want you to be uh, their subject, to need them, to oversee them. They babysit you all that. McMonahan says, uh, what do you think has done more damage to heterosexual relationships, feminism or pornography? Wow. Mm, well, pornography in many ways was precipitated by the advent of feminism. I suppose they are really linked. Yeah, that it's can you really pick one without the other? Feminism, probably. Yeah. Because if feminism um hadn't so drastically changed sexual culture, I don't know that there would be the the acceptance of uh pornography. I will take the other side, not because not necessarily because I think you're wrong or I agree with the other side, but just a, a case to consider. Uh to the extent that pornography neuters the male sexual energy it 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 puts it on a detour it takes yeah. it away from its proper uh focus if the male sexual energy was properly focused on on women instead of on the computer screen i think it would have a pretty good prospect at getting women in line and defeat feminism yeah may yeah. but uh, i don't know i don't know if i it's uh, that's a good question with you know chicken or the egg type problem um let's see troy boy says i recently saw a photo of a bus stop with a large ad for the glitzy ultra wealthy kardashians new reality show well a homeless man is lying next to it face down the caption was los angeles in a nutshell and is frankly pretty spot on if there was to be a blank in a nutshell for a city you have lived in what do you think it would look like blonde, no cheating and reusing LA? I mean, should I use New York or Seattle or St. Louis? So many good options. Can you go first? I guess, I mean, I could, I could try to characterize Bozeman in that way, but I think it's a less identifiable city for most people. So they probably wouldn't get it. So how would I, I'm going to, the, the city I could pick that most people would understand better would probably be Portland. How yeah. would I, I could cheat and steal what, they what that video from Seattle that came out this did you see it's like a video from someone's a high rise apartment it could have been your old apartment and on the one hand it was like an an what looked like a crazy homeless guy with his pants down just his dick just hanging out and he's just standing there kind of mouthing to himself yeah and then it pans over and it's a car in the middle of the intersection on fire <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the Seattle one. I could cheat and kind of steal that. It's not quite LA because it's minus the glitz. Yeah. But well, now um, I want to do Seattle. Yeah, it was such a good. I, I got to send you that video because it, it was classic Seattle. Okay. Okay. For Seattle, it's um, it's a picture of a rat carrying a needle in its mouth. It's a used <laughs> hypodermic needle. That sounds very New York too. It could go for a lot yeah. of American cities, but in New York, um. He's next to a pile of trash that's all filled with old pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I've spent a lot of time in San Francisco. Maybe you could. Uh, you, there's got to be something there with just like uh, uh, some kind of mansion of impossible yeah. value yeah. just w with nothing but shit on the sidewalk out front of it. There's, there's something Oh, yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Like a bum um, jerking off while smearing shit on a Tesla. 
Yes. Yeah. That's very San Francisco. Right I am there. so good at this. That was a All good right. one. Yeah. Halo with horns. Am I the only one who sees men pretending to be women as the epitome of misogyny? Whether swimming, running, fighting, dancing, teaching, shopping, or acting, whether whether doing prison time, breaking records, receiving a title with the first with the first woman, or making videos on social media, these egocentric hulking men do, seem to be mocking what it, it is to be a woman by not even trying to hide their masculinity. Yeah, this is hilarious, though. Isn't this what women deserve? Isn't this what women deserve to be made a mockery of for? Uh, for what we've done to our, our natural gender roles. We're just taking a big dump all over our natural gender it's, roles. It's, it's hilarious. Dying, it's dying on their own sword, and that's why I'm not very sympathetic. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree that uh, you talk about misogyny. Uh, there's nothing more excluding to women than just inserting them into competitive roles with women, not just in the workplace or something, or even intellectually, but physically. Yeah. There, where there's just no competition. So... Blonde with balls says, is censorship ever morally justifiable? The only uh, in general, I would say no, of course. The only conflict I can think of is that property rights and censorship frequently come into conflict with each other. And of course, I don't think that somebody has a free speech right in my home. And that extends broadly. I mean, I don't like that social media censors and all of that. I think that to the extent that their speech platforms, it would be wise of them to be as open as possible to speech, but to the extent it's their property, I'm, I'm sympathetic with their right to, to censor if they want to. I just think it's hugely unwise. I don't know if I would say it's not their right. Well, but free speech, free speech absolutist would, would argue uh, that things like child pornography could also be considered, considered Free speech. I mean, like, I'm not saying uh, free speech absolutist in the way we are, but I, I, I've heard people make that argument before. Ooh, uh, that there, well, the, 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 you'd have to say that there's no child victim, really. I mean, that's a tough argument to make. What if it was a computer generated, yeah. entirely computer generated um, child pornography? That's I would the argument. Say, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that argument being made by free speech absolutists, which I would consider myself one. But yeah. I think that it's censorship of that uh, because it's detrimental to society as a whole, although. It's it's victimless yeah. in the conventional sense. Um, I think that that's totally justifiable. Uh, the, the to ban or censor the the synthetic child pornography images. You're saying, yeah, um, yeah. I that's an interesting one, but it's so around the edge. You know, I'm, I'm not saying it's not an important issue, but it's it, so it's really fringe. It's not. But the question is, is censorship ever morally justified? I, I guess I would just like to focus more on the the meat of censorship, which is words, concepts. Okay. And um. and strictly like what I worry about with censorship is uh, it, it's a it's an attack on your on your right to your thoughts in your own mind. So am I that worried about like, is it censorship if I go into Target and just start screaming the N word? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's Target's property. I'm not that worried if Target boots me out. Am I worried, though, if we have this crusade against people even thinking that thought in the privacy of their own spaces, which we've seen a lot of? Yeah, that that's where it's never morally justifiable in my mind. When you're going into someone else's property, their mind being their property first and foremost, and telling them you you're not entitled to have these thoughts, to say these things. What do you think that's about egregious never... defamation in the public sphere? Egregious debt. What do you mean? Uh, do you have a right um, to that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, although the question becomes like, what is defamation and who can censor it? So I, I understand this is, why this is a problem. But if yeah. somebody were to come out and say, like, 
of the New York Times were to come out and say like uh, Matt Christensen is a pedophile or something like that. Do you yeah, think exactly. That should I, be censored. Well, I think that the current standards are pretty good. If you can demonstrate, uh, I guess I count as a public figure, a really low grade one, but I guess if they if you could show that they had no basis to say that I'm a pedophile and published it anyway. I mean, at that point, what you're talking about is an attack again on my property, which is what my right. my career at that point. Yeah. My, Your my good name. Yeah, it's um, if they had reason to believe that. Sure. But I, I don't have a problem with the defamation standards that exist currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're actually pretty good. And speaking of defamation standards, I, I haven't paid that much attention to uh, this Johnny Depp thing, but that's going on right now, too. Poor guy. I didn't realize the coverage I saw, and I've not listened to the trial at all, so maybe I'm I have a misperception. But the the bulk of the the defamation suit, as I understand, is her Washington Post op-ed that never actually mentioned Johnny Depp. Is that correct? Do you know? I have no idea. I haven't really been following this. It's like it's like uh, she, if I understand correctly, she accused him of domestic abuse by implication. It never actually named him. Oh, that's going to be very difficult. And that this is a good example of what you're talking about. What if they what if the New York Times said not a great sound bites to cut out here? Not Matt Christensen is a pedophile, but um, a guy who has uh, uh, an OK Sunday night stream and a terrible Wednesday night stream with this one blonde chick is a pedophile. Yeah. But is that is that sufficiently defamatory? I don't know. I don't know, Hmm. man. I don't know. Thank you for the the question. Obviously, well, well, a lot for us to think about on that one. In a very simple, concise question, but Kitchen Sink says, uh, "Seems everyone I know is popping out babies, and there's a lot of young families at my church, which got my fiance and I discussing funny baby stories. Was it something, or what is something hilarious or mischievous that either of your kids have done, or that you did as kids?" Oh, my shitbag kid. Okay, so I'm I'm. I live in a house that was built in 1901. And so I'm like, we've covered all the lead paint, but I'm like really fucking neurotic about lead paint. You know? Yeah. And so whenever she's by herself, cause I'm trying to give her a little in- more independence, you know, I'm always like, what are you doing? Are you eating lead paint? And the other day I was like, what are you doing? Emily? And I was like, are you eating lead paint? And then she goes, <laughs> did she like, actually oh, have anything or no, was she just she taunting was just, you? She was just taunting me. Yeah. And then I'm like, open your mouth. And she's like, yeah, open her mouth and she's like and there's nothing in there she's she's she just pretends to to eat lead paint all the time yeah and i wonder how early those concepts actually happen because um calvin is still too young to really be mischievous he's not running around but i swear he he gets it you know i um he's old enough to say like he keeps doing this thing where he just takes his big giant mitts because he's just a giant freak baby and he grabs like my arm hair or he'll even grab it at like my beard hair and he'll pull it. And I mean yeah. hard, like it hurts, which yeah, sounds ridiculous yeah. to say that a seven month old is hurting me, but it hurts. Yeah. And I'll uh, to the point that I have to be like, dude, stop because <laughs> I have to discourage it. Well, she bit me. Yeah. And and he'll kind of smirk. He'll kind of go <sighs> like that and he'll smirk. And it's like, I swear that you know what you're doing. I know you can't verbalize it, but I can see the gears spinning in your head. And I know. Yeah. yeah. That you realize what you do. I know that's not the most mischievous thing possible, but I guess the angle I'm taking is I wonder how early in a even a child's pre-verbal brain, the I concept of I mischief early, yeah. is there. And I swear it's there at seven months. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm. I think you're right. These kids, wiener Mr. kids. 
Mrs. H, uh, you, you want to read this question? I'm going in for a pre-prenatal check tomorrow. Not pregnant yet. Blonde, do you have any recommendations on what I should ask the GP about? If you have time before this appointment, I recommend reading Taking Charge of Your Fertility or It Starts with the Egg. Um, it Starts with the Egg recommends that women get their vitamin D levels checked because they're often low and that's something you can supplement um, really easily. And the other thing I would ask about is if um, you ha- see if you can get checked for MTH. FR mutation, it seems like that causes some problems in conception, and then you'll know whether or not you need to take methylfolate or if regular folate is okay. And if you don't want to get tested, then um, just ask her what the best prenatal vitamin with methylfolate in is. Hmm. All right. Well, and thanks. ask about CoQ10 also. Thanks for the uh, questions, everybody. That'll do it on email questions. Again, you can uh, check out the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form if you'd like to send us one. Appreciate that. Let's catch up with chat and we'll call it a night over on tippy stream. Fritz Musterman says, uh, w- uh, Hey guys, I had a question about the, uh, possible, uh, given this possible looming food shortage, what company or brand would you recommend for, um, Oh, hold on. I, this God, I hate, God, I hate tippy stream. Impossible to read. What company or brand would you recommend for emergency food or MREs? If not known, uh, could you take viewer suggestions by email and I email you for them? Thanks for the show. Uh, I actually I think I have my Patriot supply. I do have some, um, <laughs> but actually I've not even what I have. I've, I don't uh, really sample. So as far as my recommendation for what's good, what's bad, I wouldn't really be comfortable making one. And I would say um, if you, if people have strong opinions and have actually done their uh, dining experiments with these things, and you'd like to send those opinions uh, to me by email. Fritz, if you email me, I, I will happily forward them to you if you'd like to do that. And thanks for supporting the show. Reloaded AK says, did you guys uh, end up watching the Zelensky video I sent you a few weeks back? I kept forgetting to ask. Also, I've been hearing that the uh, YouTuber Coach Red Pill ended up getting 86 by Ukrainian forces while he was not around uh, Kharkov. Uh, I have not watched the Zelensky video yet, but I did say this was the one that you... Um, I think this was the one you sent to me by super chat, right? So I did save the link, but uh, it's um, in one of my documents here if I dig it up. But maybe um, if you have it handy, maybe send it to me by email so that I can grab it whenever I need as well. That uh, that would help me out. And I apologize. I don't I don't think I lost it, but it's in here somewhere anyway. Um, and about Coach Red Pill. Yeah, we've, we've been um, talking about that a little bit. So I don't know anything more than what we said earlier and what's at the top of the show, but uh, we'll see if there's more information coming out. And thank you, Mr. AK. Lindsey Graham says, uh, hey, guys, uh, so did you hear about how we are decoupling from the CCP? Three large semiconductor manufacturing facilities are being built on the West Coast. ETA three to five years. Uh, heard about that here, and there's a, a link. I can't check out the link at the moment, obviously, but uh, but thank you for that. Don't be a cuck. Embrace the white pill. Thank you, Lindsey. Uh, appreciate it. But I don't know that much about what's going on with the Chinese communists. Me neither. So I guess he's saying we are building our own semiconductor manufacturing facilities, which uh, would be good news. I, I don't know anything about that. But uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for the uh, the white pills, as always. Incompetent Hand says DeSantis just bitch slapped the House of Mouse and Netflix's stock. Uh, Netflix stock is down 30 percent. Not much, but one white pill a day keeps the murderous rage away. I saw <laughs> I saw the twins blonde. So cute. I hope they get home soon. Oh, yeah. I posted a picture of them on the meal train today. So yet uh, uh, that's uh, I'll have to I don't I don't think I've seen a picture yet. So I'll have to take a look. But um, they're real cute. Ryan's freaking out because he's like, 
do they look identical in this picture? Do you think they're identical? He like <laughs> really does not want identical twins. Really? Is there some kind of pr- like trouble with that or something? He just thinks that they're creepy. He's like, ah. I, don't, I don't want creepy twins. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather have girls than identical boys. <laughs> well, uh, as far as this news here, yeah, Netflix is is cratering for a bunch of reasons, and uh, that will be interesting to watch. And then I don't, I don't think they finalized anything in Florida. I think at least as of this afternoon, I think it passed the Senate. But they're stripping away a bunch of legal preferen- preferences or benefits that Disney enjoys in Florida, and people are all mad about that and and i guess to me we can debate whether you should be whether there should be some kind of legal response to disney's viewpoints on the the transgender indoctrination law or the the don't say gay bill or whatever my question though is why the hell would they be given preferential legal how is that not a violation of the equal protection uh clause how can you just write a law that says this company is exempt from all the other law as far as i understand and maybe i have a wrong perception of what the legal arrangement with Disney in Florida is. But I was under the impression you can't do that. You can't write a law that says this guy is exempt from the regulations that govern everybody else. That's not rule of law. That's rule of special people and not special people. Yeah. So interesting. I'll have to look more into it and we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm all good here. If you're ready to catch up on YouTube and we'll call it a night. I am Robin D. Bangs. Mark Hay from daily beast docs, coach red pill in Ukraine. So hard that the defense forces grabbed him and he hasn't been seen since the left is now coming for their journos in the most real physical sense. Mm. Come out here. Seriously. I would love to get the victim points from a journalist coming to my house. Taylor Lorenz is going to knock on your door. Just you wait. That would be so funny. (laughs) Do you think you could just punch her in the face? Are you asking, could I personally do it? No, like if Taylor Lorenz showed up at your house in North Idaho like it shows up at my house and then I just bitch slap her. Like, what do you think would happen? I don't know what the laws in Idaho are, but is, if I'm writing the law, if, if you, if, I guess if I wrote the law, someone knocks on your door, uh, unannounced and unwelcome, they are owed as far as I'm concerned, exactly one, get the hell out of here. Yeah. And if they, <laughs> if they refuse, get the hell out of here, then it's fair game as far as I'm yeah. concerned, but you do owe them to get the hell out of here. That's true. Does the castle doctrine apply to your front yard? Uh, I think I think generally, but but they have to pose. I th- generally speaking, there's got to be some sort of threat posed beyond mere presence. Her I face think- is a threat. Uh, well, you might win that with that argument in Idaho. The jury might be sympathetic to that. Shouting from the cheap seats after Circle K search for Rick Perry's hunting camp. I don't know anything, I don't about, know anything that. about that. I guess I'll give it a Google. Matt Panda, Mad Panda says, I'm grateful to have found your channel, brother. I don't get to listen live usually, so tonight is something special. I lost my job back in October at Washington State Veteran Affairs because of the mandates and moved to, moved oh. to central U.S. I'm sorry, man, but good on you for sticking with your guns. I, I have a lot of admiration. Yeah, if, if you're able to totally uproot your life and um, and and leave something because they're trying to force themselves on you in that way. And, and uh, I hope that you found something better. So I, I admire you sticking to what you believe in and, and being willing to, to make a sacrifice in pursuit of it. And thank you for uh, for tuning in and supporting the show. We love you. You're very special. We love you. Um, Robin D. Banks, just really glad that Batman's out there doing his job fighting crime and keeping us safe. Stay based, <laughs> Batman. Me too. Always cleaning up Gotham to the best of his ability. <laughs> Thunderstorm, Ferengi rule of acquisition number 34, war is good for business, <laughs> for the complete list check. YouTube, Ferengi rules of acquisition complete list. Is that real? 
uh, feel like I'm missing something. Uh, what? I mean, I oh, obviously it's I, Star Trek. Oh, I was thinking of just the general concept that war is good for business. Of course. Oh, and, space juice. though. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the, to- on, on the topic, I know I'm going off topic, but on that topic, are we, I, we've been talking, I don't know. We, we referenced this at the start of all of this, but the more money we send to Ukraine, are we just going to pretend given the corrupt history of that country, that there aren't any corruption concerns even related yeah, to what our about own that? country? Is no one worried about that. Why, why do no we just unquestionably keep cutting billion dollar checks to this country and the prior corrupt relationships between our politicians and theirs are of no concern. We're just going to act like that's not historically People are stupid known. and short-sighted and they don't care. It's, it, do we, are, are we supposed to believe, Oh, we're cutting off. We really care about Ukraine so much that we're just cutting them billion dollar monthly checks. <laughs> Pat ourselves on the back. Um, Sour Patch Rash says violence isn't the answer. It's the question. And the answer is yes. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shouting from the cheap seats. Violence is never the answer. Signed, Anne T. Fa. Like uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty good about that principle, I think, right? Robin D. Bank says, people make light of revolution, but we had J6, January 6th, also BLM, and now a bunch of drunk Ruskies piled into a bunch of uh, Buhanka vans with their cigarettes, vodka, tracksuits, and took over Ukraine. So... Uh, yeah. <laughs> a fair point. Yeah. Um... Let's see, Ryan Crowley. No, no, thank you, Robin E. Banks. My newly found family member, Rob Banks, oh, has pointed out today uh, is the birthday of the most notable mustache of the 20th century. I think he chose the wrong target, should have gone for CNN journos. Ah. Well, thank you, Robin. I appreciate uh, all the chats. I am not going to be niggardly. Tex Bolivar. Um. When things get financially bad enough, government will aptly time a gun buyback. Biden will mm. whisper into the mic, come on, fat, sell us your guns. You don't need those. Feed your family instead. We'll never forget when they actually do that. It is your civic obligation to head on down to Home Depot and construct a very shitty shotgun made out of uh, piping and other material that you get from Home Depot and you yeah. cash in. Uh, that's uh, that is the plan. Robin D. Banks, um, blonde, considering the date, you should play Erica as an outro. No balls. What? I don't know the song. I don't know. I don't know. I can look it up. Mad Panda. I hope it wasn't Wolf Ammo Manufacturer. Oh, it's the German Soldiers song. Oh. No balls. I'll do it. I'll do it. I started it. it a little early. I could do it, though. Um, Who else is next? Stedman Wellis says, I've always wondered why do uh, do you have four SS soldiers with a swastika on your logo? Is that tactically placed by the media microphones on purpose? Second, the trucks on your logo predate the Canadian trucker stuff. Can you see into the future? Love you. Hmm. They're not SS uniforms, are they? They actually are German uh, Wehrmacht, like German <laughs> army. Yeah, that's uh, that is because, and that's because our, our artist who put it together. It's like, yeah, everything everything's Nazi. So, and the art the art dates back to dates back to 2018. It's like everything's Nazi. So you know, you just see you see Nazis everywhere. Here are some Nazis to see, I guess. Yeah. But um, as far as the truck, it, that's a ref more of a reference to the truck of peace or the trucks of peace that were so yeah, yeah. common. It, it actually, yeah, you're right. It's years before the the freedom convoy. It has nothing to do with that. Although it's kind of kind of became re timely, I guess. 
Um, let's see what else we've got. Mad Panda says test. You tested. Success. You got it. Thank you. Mad Panda also said, so I moved to Nebraska in January. It's full of liberal dipshits. I'm retired from the army and want to move again. My other super chat brought up. I got fired for Vax BS from Washington State. Um, mm. Where in Montana is good. Well, I love the whole state, uh, but uh, realistically, the Missoula and Bo- I mean, Missoula has always been like Montana's Portland. It's not nearly as bad, but same themes. Uh, Bozeman has been taken over by the coastal elites who are done ruining their coastal enclaves and have come here to do the same here, which sucks because I love it here. Um, Flathead Lake is a uh, Flathead Lake area is a little more reliably conservative and very, very nice. We talk about con- potentially moving up there sometimes. Another spot that might be a little bit better, uh, more affordable cost of living with a comparable quality of life and plenty of good opportunity would be Billings, which is the uh, biggest city in the state, uh, east of here. And it's kind of right where the prairie meets the Rockies and, um, and, uh, as far as like a good opportunity in Montana at a more affordable price point, that's probably where I would look first. Consider Kalispell and and Billings would be the two spots I would I would check out. All right. Um, is that it? Hold on. I got Maybe AD comprehensive sex ed in K through 12 reduces child abuse. So why are Republicans trying to prevent uh, all that in the most vulnerable ages? Who are the real groomers said of? Uh, Vosh. Vosh. How do I say his stupid name? Is it? I don't know. Comprehensive sex ed. What is that? And what evidence is there that it reduces child abuse? How could they possibly quantify that in a meaningful way? Well, I guess even if you accepted the premise, if sex ed in K through 12 reduces child abuse, is it still the proper role of the educator? I mean, you could you could demonstrate, I suppose, all sorts of things at school might be theoretically beneficial, but it doesn't mean we you we usurp the role of the parent. I reject the premise. Like I, there's just no way that's true. I, w- I would have to see information I, uh, or the, the source cited. And I know you can't do that in the chat, um, but yeah, uh, I guess I'd have to see the context for the quote. Even, even in that situation, I, I know how quotes go on streams. And so I don't want to say, I don't want to accuse somebody of saying something without, without hearing it uh, yeah. fully. Yeah. So uh, perhaps there's more explanation there. Thanks for uh, supporting the show. Appreciate it. Um, and then last one is Mad Panda. I'm laughing my ass off the Trump voice after my super chat made my day. Love your channel. Please, please upload episodes to podcast platforms. I use Podbean and I love it. We do up, uh, upload to Podbean, don't we? Oh, yeah. that the, the podcast does. I don't know if you mean like my individual videos or something. But oh, um, okay. but as far as anything that's streamed, those are all on the audio platforms. And, um, and Podbean is one of those places where you can listen. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, and thanks for supporting the show as well. Okay, I think we're all set. Let me uh, double check quickly, but uh, we're good on... Uh, oh, I lost my DLive. I'm pretty sure we're good on DLive. Thank you guys for supporting over there. Uh, I'll double check once more just to be sure. Uh, yeah, we're all set there. And then uh, let me check... Uh, let me check Tippy Stream before we get out of here. Uh, incompetent Hands. Yeah, that's the one I left off on. So we are good. I, I, I was... It, it was told or I, it was alleged that I have no balls if I don't play this song Erica to, to close the show. So let me see if I can get it going here. Ah, very nice. Can you hear that? All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, tuning in tonight. We appreciate uh, your calls and your chats <laughs> and your super chats and your questions and all of that on this very important, remarkable holiday uh 
we will be back on Sunday, of course, to talk about whatever happens between now and then. Anything else, uh, check out the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Anything show-related is up over there. We will see you Sunday. Have a great night. Bye, guys.